Hey, Lightning. Yes, sir. Uh, good job on your uh, audio fixing last week. Oh, um, thank you. I had several people email me and DM me saying, hey, that audio wasn't bad. And I was like, whoa, if you had only heard it beforehand. Do you know that your little 20-minute interview mm-hmm. took me three and a half hours to uh, fix? Fortunately for you, we have more of that on this episode. Oh, no. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Why? But now you know what to fix, so it's fine. It didn't make... No, there's no shortcut into making it easier to fix. Huh. Well, I mean, good luck with that. No, seriously? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Well, what? What are what am I fixing? Who, uh, who? Well, let's see. So we weren't able to get to the chief designer of the brand new Nissan Frontier from my visit to the no, Nissan Design. No, no, wait a minute. They're a sponsor. You're saying I have to fix the audio from our sponsor? No, no, no. That's a good audio. That's a good oh, audio. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. And then I've got some Easter Jeep Safari stuff that didn't uh, go in last episode because we ran out of time. So I had a chance to drive the all-electric Jeep Magneto concept with our friend Jim Morrison from uh, Jeep. You're saying that you screwed up the audio with the head of Jeep? Yes. <laughs> and you're going to fix it. Yeah. Oh, man. Really? Yeah. And then uh, I believe you've set up a guest for the first time in 170 episodes. That's just not true, and you know it. Okay. Fourth, That's just fourth not time. True. Fourth time. In okay. Maybe, maybe that. All right. Yes. We're checking in with a guy named Gene, who I found on Facebook, and apparently he's a listener, which is crazy. Okay. And not crazy that he's a listener, crazy that I just reached out randomly to a guy who owned a truck with a freaking million miles on it, and we'll explain why that's significant. Uh, I heard it was less than a million miles. It's a little. It's like 950 By the way, change. couldn't you have just asked him over the podcast? You wasted all the time messaging him. You could just said, hey, uh, Gene, call, uh, call us. Again, I didn't know he was a listener. All right. Well, I think there's a bunch of good stuff in the show, but I just got back literally today, this past week on the road, wheeling in the backcountry of Arizona. We'll get to that in the next episode. But something has been bothering me, and I have a burning question that I believe either nobody can solve or only our listeners can solve. Okay. Is it uh, Jeep-related? No. Oh. oh. Uh, interesting. Okay. Is it off-road-related? No. 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 Is it... What else does Holman like? Is it food-related? Mm, sure. Oh, okay. I don't know. Right. Then I don't know. So here's the thing. I basically drink... Five, Dr. Pepper? Five things. Yeah. Oh, okay. no, just Dr. Pepper. Uh, I see 90% Dr. Pepper, uh, 1% water, eh, maybe 2%, uh, uh, probably 2% whiskey, eh, 5%. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> no, uh, so so my uh-huh. go-to, if, I, if I'm not drinking to get, you know, boozed up, and I'm maybe over uh, saturated in Dr. Pepper. My taste buds need something different, or I've got too much water, and I need something just to kind of break up the monotony of Dr. Pepper water, Dr. Pepper water. Let's be honest, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper water. water right? yeah, yeah. I usually do sweet tea. That's my other my other uh, beverage of choice. I don't think I knew that about you. Yeah. So I love sweet tea. I love a real sweet tea. Got any particular brands that you like? Uh, like real sweet tea, like at a re- southern restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah. And not, not bottled. Not really. Okay. No, but I mean in a pinch, maybe. So, like, the only restaurants that have decent sweet tea, like Chick-fil-A, great sweet tea. Great sweet tea. McDonald's, syrupy and disgusting. Now, do you get the sweet tea and their chocolate chip cookies? Oh, my God, they're so good. I know, good. You're, a co- you're a cookie guy. Woo, okay. All right, so last week when we were in the studio, well, you know we have that old hot rod freezer that has about 400 pounds of ice that have made into almost a, a frosty solid block in the, yes. in the freezer, right? Yeah, yeah. I wanted a tea. And we had a sweet tea in a glass, in a, in a bottle. So I drilled out with my hands. It was almost as if I was digging through a snowman or something. Your, your, your fist was an auger? Right. I made a cubby hole, and I put said tea in the freezer to drink last show. And then, it, of course, I forgot about it. So it's like, like I, you drilled a hole in, a, in, a, uh, in an igloo. Sure. 
Okay. Yeah, I was ice fishing, and I put a lure <laughs> in it, and then I went away. Gotcha. So here's the here's how all this comes together. I'm on the road. I'm driving down the highway, and I'm thinking, I don't really want more water. Uh, I don't really feel like Dr. Pepper because you've had like eight already, right? And I'm you know, but I, I still need something sweet and caffeinated. I'm like, I'll go someplace that has sweet tea. So the thing about sweet tea, whether it's like at uh, at Rudy's, you know, which is a great barbecue, you know, joint that I like, or Chick Fil A or wherever. Why is it they brew it hot usually, right? Or at least it's warm. But when you put ice cubes in it, the tea is never cold. It's cold-ish or colder, but like a soda, you put ice in, and the soda is super cold. And you're on a road trip. It's 100 degrees outside. You're baking your car like, oh, oh, this delicious, frosty beverage. But with tea, it's not like that. Why? And the reason this is important is because we came back to the studio today, and I thought, Ah, I have a a tea in the freezer. I pull the bottle of tea out of the freezer. It literally is encased in ice. You saw it. Yeah, I did. Tea not frozen. So that made me think about the tea I drank earlier today that never gets cold and all the tea visits I've had and all the iced tea. The tea is always warmer and it never seems to fully take on the chilliness of the ice cubes. This is like uh, when my wife is always putting vodka in the freezer and it doesn't freeze. Why? Well, vodka because of the alcohol no, yeah, content, yeah, right? Yeah, right. But this tea has no alcohol. Or does it? Uh, well, I mean, my. <laughs> so I'm looking for anybody out there who has some advanced degree in well, uh, the thermodynamics of a, of a liquid. Hold on. What does it have in it? Let's see if I can read it. Is the first thing um, glycerin. How many calories do you think this thing has, well, this Snapple tea? 240. Yeah, two, uh, 160. Not, 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 not too bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our natural tea starts with the finest tea leaves- which can't be frozen. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> and is made of filtered water, sugar, citric acid, tea, of course. It has to be the tea. And natural flavors. It, it has, has to be, to be the, the tea. tea. It's got to be something so in the So what tea. is it about tea? So, okay, if you have a diesel truck and you work in the Arctic, do you just fill up your cooling system with tea then? Instead of getting that uh, anti- Really expensive you know, that antifreeze. Anti- any sludge stuff? Yeah, right. I just, I, I want, somebody out there has to know why tea won't freeze. I have no idea. Like, I wonder if we Google, will tea freeze? We don't have time because we have to do a podcast, but somebody out there, 657-205-6105, help me understand why tea doesn't get cold with ice cubes and why it won't freeze. It's an odd way to start out an episode of the Truck Show Podcast. Yeah, but, but uh, you realize it started because of the Truck Show Podcast. I need to uh, wet my whistle while doing the show, and then also while driving, I decided that I wanted tea, and it just wasn't as cold and reminded me of all the other times. So it really d- dovetails nicely into, uh, into our show. Okay. All right, well, we've got a lot of show to get to that doesn't involve tea. And to get into it, we've got to thank our friends at Nissan who offer the Nissan Titan, the Titan XT, and the Frontier. Dude, did you know that the uh, the Titan has 11,040 pounds of towing capacity? Did you know that the Nissan Titan has the most standard V8 horsepower in its class? You mean the 5.6-liter endurance V8? Ooh, the 32-valve dual overhead cam uh, horsepower monster lurking under the hoods of uh, all Nissan Titans, whether they're uh, XDs or regular Titans? I wonder if the 32 valves is um, how much that contributes to the sound of the... Uh, oh, the, well, it's the camera engine. Feet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Overhead cam engines, dual overhead cam. Yeah, sexy. And you know, it's been a minute since we've talked about the uh, Titan boxes, which are weatherproof, great storage on the sides of your bed. Don't forget lockable. Oh, yeah. yeah and, that's handy. And easily removable. They are... Re- oh, they, they are removable. And don't forget that the whole truck is covered by the industry-leading five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. 
one of the best trucks in the business. If you're looking for longevity and durability, head over to NissanUSA.com or your local Nissan dealer. And if your truck is out of warranty, then you got to hit up our friends at Duralast Parts at DuralastParts.com. Or, of course, you can walk into your local AutoZone. If you're looking for ball joints, upper control arms, lower control arms. Yeah, all Duralast chassis parts meet or exceed OE performance and are put through rigorous stress testing to ensure they're durable enough to withstand even extreme environmental conditions. Duralast gold chassis for trucks and SUVs are built better than OE for the most demanding trucks, Jeeps, and SUVs in severe use. And they cover the most domestic truck, Jeep, and SUV applications. All right, I've got uh, one last uh, sponsor to uh, take care of. It's something special you may not know about. If it's a sponsor, should I, shouldn't I? I know about it? Well, probably, so I'm telling you right now with uh, the rest of our uh, Truck Show podcast audience. This is awkward. Hold on a second. This is like going to your parents and, and saying like, hey, uh, I, I, we're married. And like, we're your parents. Right. Shouldn't you tell us beforehand? No, we eloped. We eloped <laughs> okay. and you so just you, have to deal with it. Wait, you and the sponsor eloped? Yes. You hmm. came along for the ride. You don't know that you're also in this marriage. It's, it's one of those <laughs> okay. really weird ones. It's, it's very modern. Okay. All right. I'm going to play a clip for you. And then I'm going to ask you a series of questions after the clip. And then uh, let's see if you can know your Borla note. No, really? Borla. Hmm. I don't know. Good. I was just say I don't know about you, but that sounds, good. sounds amazing. Yeah. What is that? Is that a V8? Is that a? Well, hold on a second. If mm-hmm. this is Borla, yeah, maybe this is maybe this is like David and the crew strutting their stuff. Maybe they've taken an engine that doesn't sound good and made it sound good. Oh no, if, this if engine that's... sounds good, and they made it sound even better, which I think is a way harder feat. And this is an off-the-shelf skew. Oh, jeez. Uh, is this a car or a truck? Come on. Wow, you could. Be. Okay, it's a truck then. It's a truck. All right. Uh, this is a Hemi? No. It's it's not a Hemi? No. Hmm. Okay, hold on. How about a... Oh, whoa, whoa. How about a... Uh, what, what, what's, got a what's got a Coyote in it? Uh, Ford F-150. I don't know. No? Am I way off base? Sounds great. I, I, I know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Wait. 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 That is the Borla 2016 to 2020 Nissan Titan Catback Exhaust System. What? Yep, that's the 5.6 liter endurance V8 singing through a set of pipes from Borla. Well done. Well done, Borla. Damn, that sounds good. So uh, if you're looking for an awesome-sounding exhaust for your truck, you want to head over to uh, Borla.com. Of course, Borla has uh, their Touring, their S-Type, and their Attack, three different levels of aggressiveness, and no drone. Friends over at Borla have a million-mile warranty. All their exhausts are made right here in the United States of T304 stainless steel, and we are proud to have Borla as part of the Truck Show podcast. Absolutely. So they're going to be hanging out with us for several episodes, and I think we're going to do some uh, Know Your Notes and mix in some Borla exhaust notes in there and see if... uh, if we can guess which uh, which exhaust they've sent us. 
I'm in. So if you guys want to uh, participate, be sure to send us some Know Your Notes, and we're going to get caught up on some of the ones in the uh, the backlog and uh, have a little bit of fun with that. So there's a couple ways of getting us your Know Your Notes. First, uh, we prefer via email. Just record it on your iPhone and your Android, and then it, send it to us as an attachment to truckshowpodcast.gmail.com, or just leave us a voicemail at 657-205-6105. That's 657-205-6105, the five-star hotline. And help us welcome... Borla to the show. Let's let Borla welcome themselves to the show one more time. The Truck Show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck. Cause truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. It's The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Oh, no, not them. <laughs> is that the addendum? That's yeah. the, uh, is that the extended remix? Yeah, people uh, who are coming back to listen to us again are going, oh, it's that podcast with <laughs> those guys. If they said that, they wouldn't be coming back. No, we have such compelling content that they uh, they don't know how to quit us. Oh, really? Is yeah, that it? Yeah, totally. What do we have uh, queued up here? Uh, on my screen, it says that uh, it says Nice Frontier. Oh, it's uh, truncated. It's Nissan Frontier walk around. <laughs> yes, this is uh, from my trip down to the Nissan Design Center down in La Jolla, California, where I had a chance to walk around and discuss uh, the exterior design of the all-new Nissan Frontier. thought that might be uh, kind of cool for the Truck Show podcast listeners. All right, so uh, super excited about this. I'm here with uh, Hiran Patel, and we are standing in front of the brand new uh, Nissan Frontier. And what's your role on the truck? Uh, I was a project lead designer, so I was responsible for the exterior design of the truck. So one thing I'll say that I really love about the exterior on the new Frontier is just the stance. Yeah. How good it looks. There are a lot of people doing renderings before this truck came out, <laughs> and this truck didn't look like anything people had guessed. Like, you know, it was it was. Very different. I had the opportunity to see it early in Tennessee yeah. um, with the very first um, the very first buck, I guess. And when they took the sheet off, it was like, wow, that is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I heard uh, actually. I heard from uh, some of the product planners when they when they showed you the truck. Yeah, I heard there were expletives involved. There might have been a couple <laughs> about how, how good it looked. Yeah, that, yeah, that's really cool. That's a true story. Um, <laughs> we paid a ton of attention to stance and the way the vehicle looks the posture of the vehicle and we tried to design uh your eye we tried to design the vehicle to even trick your eye to imagine that it's got better stance than it actually has sure. you know, in a lot of places um after i after i started working on the frontier program obviously you zone into everything that you see any kind of competitor on the road and stuff like that and especially being in southern california there's so many stance i'll pick up trucks oh, yeah. you know on the road yeah so i got a really good um experience looking at all of them and understanding what makes what makes something why look is that really one good. cool versus that exactly. one exactly right? yeah and so we paid a lot of attention to it um i mean if we're looking at the front of the vehicle like the fact that you could see so much of that front tire yeah. was very much, um, you know, done on purpose, basically. And even all of the all of the shapes, like from the very bottom, the aluminum skid pan, yeah. that that shape all angles upwards uh, towards the tires. 
So that's like giving you this feeling like it's got really, really good off-road capability, but also pushing those tires way out to the corners like yeah. it just makes the stance look better. Yeah, no, and it's a good beefy tire. It looks good. The the way that the fascia is cut down or angles yeah. down gives you that idea of a better approach angle. Um, and it just looks tough. Like I, it just, especially my favorite view I think of the truck is straight on because you see those broad shoulders of the fender flare, how the fenders are flared out and then you have the fender flares on top of it. Yeah. So it's like this sort of like layered shoulder yeah. approach to it. Yeah, definitely. Like all of these parts, like they kind of, they're layered and interlocking together. Like the fenders come in and lock into the headlamps, which then piece to the grill. And then the, the grill mesh is this big three dimensional part that also kind of locks in together. So that was all kind of done really on purpose to give you this feeling of strength and these mechanical parts locking in together. Yeah, it's, it's very, um, has like a modular and muscular feel to it. It's a little bit techno. But talk to me about the grill because this is more in line with the Titan grill on yeah. the new redesigned Titan versus the V-Motion grill, which is on some of the cars yeah. and sort of has been a signature of the car lineup for Nissan for, for a long time. And there's a time where the Nissan trucks and cars kind of shared uh, a, a, a design element, but it seems like you guys are really trying to make the trucks sort of stand on their own a little bit. Yeah. So talk to me about how the grill design came to be. So the grill design, the evolution of the grill design kind of started probably with the Titan Warrior concept from... Hey, Holman, uh, talking about grill design really quick to, to interrupt this, it's so important. Like, I don't think that the average person... Well, no, we all became highly aware of grill design with the Silverado, right? With the new Chevy line. And Nissan's continually nailed it. I'm not trying to suck up because they're a sponsor. We agree that we love the front end of the Titan, right? Yeah. I wonder how much goes into it because... A lot. Do you, we like it because it doesn't look like their mouth is above their eyes? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, that, that has uh, a little bit What do you call that, it. a forehead breather? Uh, it's a weird looking <laughs> it's shark fish thing. I, I mean, I don't want to say that the forehead, Silverado... Did you say forehead, <laughs> forehead breather? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say that it's grown on me, but it's less appalling when I see it now. Yeah. Quite One of my favorite. Ago. That was a great looking truck. Oh my yeah. gosh. And um, and you, we do have the V-Motion grill on a lot of our passenger vehicles and crossovers. And so when we're doing the 2020 Titan that was released, that's the first kind of feeling of this type of sure. grill shape. And so it was basically started off by uh, having a little bit of the V-Motion feeling like to the mesh. It's kind of canted in a little bit, mm -hmm. but it's not a full chrome V. And we found that for trucks that the frame of the grill is a really important part yeah, it's of It's very it. strong on the frontier. Now you sort of have the, the Titan T vibe in it yeah. a little bit with the nostrils on the side, yeah. but you're not taking the nostrils from any other manufacturer because it's only like half the grill height. So you sort of have this really sort of thick structure of uh, that looks solid, but then it sort of is chamfered out a little bit and dug out that sort of looks like it's funneling air yeah, and it just—it's just a different look that I really appreciate on the frontier. Yeah, that that area, that really kind of chiseled mesh center area, is kind of representative of like the power of the engine, kind of coming from inside of the vehicle. And then the gray, the grill was meant to represent this frame, this frame that's cradling and holding it together. It's not exactly a mini me of the Titan because the ratio is completely different, sure. and the execution here is a lot harder than yeah, what we is. have on the Titan. It is. Now, did you guys know when you were designing the truck that you would have the best-in-class horsepower for the engine? Did you know that it was going to be very competitive in that sense and, and be a powerful truck? Or were you designing it and you didn't know what the capabilities were at, the, at that time? We knew that from the beginning, that that was the plan. 
And so, and we also know that, you know, the midsize segment's shifting a lot. And sure. people aren't just buying work trucks anymore. Right. They're buying trucks because they're cool pieces of design. They're buying them to go off-road to do their adventuring in. Yep. So we wanted to amp that up in the way that the vehicle looks too. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, one nice thing about the new Frontier is it's, dimensionally, it's almost identical to the outgoing Frontier. Whereas everybody else, their midsize trucks seem to have grown yeah. into d almost a different space, almost too big, not garageable anymore, harder to park, not as good for an urban customer. Um, I always thought this was the perfect size. And next to it is the 91 Nissan Hardbody. Yeah. And you can see how much it's grown over that. And it's it's like this still fits four people very comfortably. Yes. Um, and it, you can fit five in a pinch if you need to, but four people fit, you can have you know, somebody who's five foot 11 at the steering wheel and the person in the back of average height wouldn't touch their knees on the seat back. So there's plenty of room. I, I liked how you guys decided to keep it dimensionally similar to the outgoing truck because that to me is still the perfect size. So you end up being a little bit on the smaller side of the midsize market. But I really think a lot of people are looking for that. I don't think everybody wants a giant truck today. Yeah, that was important. We heard that from the beginning of this project from customers that were saying, hey, I don't want a full-size truck. I don't yeah, want I'd buy a Titan if I wanted that. Better. Yeah, I'm buying a midsize because I want a midsize truck. Sure. I want to be able to park it in my garage. I want to be able to use it in the city. Yeah. Um, so that was very important. So a lot of the sight lines that you see out of the truck, even though the belt line got higher, there's a dip in the front door and that yep. was done on purpose. So even that small amount gives you the feeling like you're not in a giant vehicle. Even when you're inside, you get the benefit of the visibility, but from the exterior, that, that raise up in the belt line helps give the body side a more stout um, appearance well, there's, to it. There's also some interplay, right? So you have a little bit of that, that dip that hints at the way it's done on Titan. A little bit, yeah. And then you have the way bringing the, I guess, the bottom of, of the uh, the greenhouse up allows you to make it even with the top of the bedside. So it's important for people to realize one of the differences, one of the big differences between this generation Frontier and the previous one, or the current one, versus the new one coming out, yeah. is that you raise the shoulders on the bedside, not only giving more bed volume, but you're able to keep the bed still short and compact while making the volume better, but that necessitated changing the ratio of body to window so that it wouldn't look weird with the glass sticking down below the bed line. So yeah, the way you, you sort of win on the front door with visibility, but you can still have that higher belt line and glass line on the rear doors to flow into the bed, I think is really elegantly done. Yeah, and that, that, that change actually helps because the body side ratio then grows a little bit. So it gives a tougher appearance to the body side. And that, that was very done carefully. The top of the bed lines up with the belt line. And then if you follow that line all the way to the front, it lines up with the hood line. And then that rides into the grill. So it was kind of done very, very carefully all the way around the truck that we line all these things up. Yeah, you can up. definitely see a theme of through lines that yeah. go through the vehicle. And I like the way that the front fenders fall back and down toward the door around the same time or just before that window uh, bottom comes up. Comes up yeah. But then you also have the, the flared portion of the bedsides coming out tucking down and mimicking that in reverse. And so there's a very balanced, not all trucks look balanced. It's a very, it's obviously it's a three box design. It's, yeah. it's, it's all trucks have the same basic design principle. How do you make it your own? I think you guys have done a really good job of, of proportion and stance to, to make the Frontier look like its own truck. Good, that was like very kind of nice, nice to hear because it's something that we really cared a lot about. We cared about how the tire face looks against the fenders, how all of those fenders balance with each other. So you don't feel like you're buying a vehicle that has like a massive front end and nothing behind it. Sure. Or 
when you see it from a far distance, everything feels like it's really kind of nice in nice harmony to each other. So, Holman, as I, as we're listening to this interview, I'm flipping around uh, and I'm on NissanUSA.com and they think on the, the vehicles, the, the future concept page. Okay. And they really did an amazing job. And, and I don't know, you are great. You're a wordsmith. So I, I do want to say thank you. The way you're describing it uh, uh, in person is about as good as you could for audio. For audio, but you need to go to this page that I'm on now. Or just, I mean, Google, just Google 2022 yeah. Frontier reveal or whatever yeah. it is. It's a great looking truck. It they really it's radically different than the existing it, Frontier. It's funny because a lot of the comments is oh it looks like a uh, looks like a Tacoma. Well, I mean they're about the same size. I think it's the wheels that kind of make it look like a, a Tacoma a little bit. Um, but the truck to me doesn't look like a Tacoma. I see a little bit of Ram in it. I see a little bit of Nissan Titan in it. I see a little bit of um, even some hints of GM. Like there's, it's. But this is not a refresh, dude. This is. I no, mean, this, it, it's, this no, is I know. A whole new I know. Truck. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's it's. I think it's a tough, awesome looking little truck. We've said it in the past. In my opinion, if you could pick it up, like in your mind, like a Hot Wheel, and you want to play with it. That's that's a good design, and especially the Pro 4X crew cab with the short bed, it just feels like something you want to pick up and drive through the sandbox. Talk about some of the uh, design elements. I think the tail lights are pretty interesting, and then also yeah. having Frontier stamped across the tailgate yep. kind of reminds you a little bit of you know old school tailgates and yeah. and brands the vehicle. What were some of the design decisions there? Um, okay, so like, uh, well, we can start with the taillights. So the taillights... By the way, I, I, one oh. thing I'll say about taillights I really like is that they're diffused. Yeah. So the light is very even coming off of them. And yeah. it just, it almost has like a neon-like glow because the LEDs are diffused. Yeah. Just a great looking light at night. Yeah, super, super great. Um, we, we cared a lot about even that appearance. We went back and forth and back and forth, worked really hard with engineering to make sure that the lamp signatures in the front and in the rear, they read like these solid blocks of light so that they have this kind of different milled precision. You don't see like individual LEDs everywhere or anything like that. We wanted these to feel like blocks of light that are um, shining. So yeah, those, I mean, those lights, they're, you know, truck lights are hard yeah. because you know, there's a tailgate right next to it. It's a straight days. line. Right, there's yeah. a straight, you know. So how do you create identity in that is, sure. is, a, is a real big challenge. For us, these are really sculpted. I mean, not only yeah. do you have a what yeah, we're here in La Jolla, we're right next What'd to you Miramar, say, so we've got lots huh? of uh, traffic flying over, which is super awesome. That was uh, looking Air like show. a uh, Jolly Green Giant uh, or CH53, and we had some F18s earlier. Uh, so that's uh, it's hard to do an interview with a cool truck when you have uh, awesome things flying <laughs> over. But that's what those noises are. The thing I love about it is is not only do you have the shape is interesting, yeah. but it's also scalloped in the light housing itself and yeah. so it's 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 very three-dimensional yeah definitely we wanted these things to feel three-dimensional and that they don't just sit on the body but they kind of clamp on that rear fender like they they could only belong in that location there and something that we did on purpose also is raise raise up your focus so when you're sitting you know if you're sitting in traffic behind the frontier um, the lighting elements that are important for the driving function, the stop, the turn, are, are high in your field of view. And the elements that are good for backing up and things like that, they're at the bottom. Mm. So that gives not only better efficiency for actually the lighting performance, but visually it helps. It helps raise your eyes up. And so the badge is lined up exactly with the center of the taillights. That kind of all that stuff we paid 
you know, particular attention to. You can see that interlocking motif in the tailgate handle also. That's yeah. an area where, you know, people just put a handle on the back of a truck. Yeah, but yours right? it actually kind of, um, it sort of mimics the grill with that Titan T sort of uh, form factor. Yeah. If you look at it and the way that it sits into where the spoiler on the tailgate is. So there's like a lot of really detail oriented. Like if you just saw the truck, you might walk by it and not not pick up all the details. Yeah. But it's a design that I think you could walk around a few times or see a few times and pick up something new and interesting each time. It's there's a lot of little stuff that people aren't going to see unless they really study one in person. And now this is the first one time I've seen one outside. The last two I've seen have been in a studio, in studio or under yeah. studio lighting. So to see it outside picking up the natural sunlight is really cool because there's things that I'm seeing now on it, like the way we're, we're standing at the rear three-quarter and I'm looking toward the front and the way the hood almost scallops down into the, the vertical part of the fender, yep. you, you don't pick up anywhere else. You can kind of see there's a little bit of a scallop there. There's just very, very nice uh, detailing that you can tell somebody took a lot of care um, to, to, you know, put their design passion into design. And I know it's funny, people might be listening, dude, it's a pickup truck, how are you getting so excited? But I love design and again, if you walk around and you pay attention, there's a lot of neat things that you can pick up and see that somebody had a very uh, you know, soft pen in terms of <laughs> making a, this rugged, tough truck have some really nice details to it. Yeah, absolutely. We, 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 I mean, we were so excited to work on this product and um, it kind of, hopefully it shows in the final product. I mean. The interior team, the color and materials team, everybody in the building spent thousands of hours pouring over this. Wow. And it was, you know, it was a great process having it in the studio because everybody was engaged in it. Everybody cares about this product so much. And we know how much excitement there is, you know, in the public to have a new frontier. Yeah, well, I mean, we've been waiting forever. <laughs> so we don't want to let anybody down yeah. with that either. So we took care in designing and thinking about the customer everywhere. We took care in even the top of the even top of the bed caps like yeah they're, this they're texture, textured and this texture is grained it's got three different grains on oh, it yeah it sure does and so we we sat there and we were thinking about okay who's going to put what items are going to go on top of this yep. thing how are they going to clamp these things on yeah is it better to have the surface area on the top or on the bottom mm -hmm. you know what kind of what kind of drainage do we need things like that and we did that we did that here too if you yeah, notice on the, on the bumper step or yeah bumper there's cover. different textures everywhere yeah and they're kind of like these tank tread patterns that are really cool so and you know we talked about the frontier stamping yeah. that's across the rear this was fun because we got to design new lettering you know, this is mm -hmm. my first time doing that. Oh, awesome. So you basically uh, made a new font. <laughs> yeah, so we had to make a new font for this How one. How often do you get to make a new font in life? That's not, pretty cool. Yeah, not very often. Uh, also so. notice the, you have the new version of the Nissan uh, badge yep. with the, uh, the the futuristic sort of uh, circle and, and uh and text. Yeah. Now, this is only the second vehicle where you've actually ever that you've changed the color of Nissan. Uh, this is lava red like on the Pro 4X Titan. So again, there's that yeah. family resemblance. but. Was it a difficult decision to bring in the lava red badge? Because that was, I know it was so controversial for Titan. Yeah. Have you opened the door to be, it's a lot easier to do now because everybody gets why you would do that in the first place. It doesn't diminish the brand. It actually adds to the brand. Yeah, definitely. Um, we wanted to, when, when it was done on Titan, it was much more difficult because the brand is, especially the Nissan badge, is this like really tightly controlled yeah. like Thing. Very conservative company. The unlike a lot of companies, the Nissan badge, while there's Doesn't gone through change. different iterations, yeah. the overall badge has essentially been the same. And so I can understand how the people who are in charge of protecting the brand are going to be very opposed to doing anything different that yeah. might diminish that. So, so globally, um, the Titan was the first one to adopt the the lava red and the black surround, um, and then it 
was part of a big strategy that our pro models are going to have this look now. This is going to be our pro look. So here we have a Pro 4X. Yeah. And um, so it was easier on this product. Sure. It was just adapting the new design, basically. But the colors and everything had already been bought off on, which is really cool. But the other thing that we got to redesign, yeah. too, which is new, is the Pro 4X oh, the and logo the Pro itself. X decal. Yeah. And the logo itself, you can see it's way more butch. It's like yeah. more chiseled and chamfered. More angles to it. It matches the, the Frontier font that's basically been uh, stamped into the tailgate. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully you can feel a lot of consistency, but a lot of kind of new fresh freshness to kind of familiar items. Uh, talk to me about some of the colors that are available and what you guys went through for the color palette. So for the colors, um, this is obviously a truck that we're selling in different grades. Here we yeah. have a Pro 4X, but there's going to be an S and SV. So they have to appeal to general public. And then we also need to have um, more kind of uh, more updated high, high character colors. Sure. And for truck market, especially, we're seeing a lot more earth tones on yep. the roads, a lot more concretes and yep. earth tones and solid light colors. Yep. Clay so, and mud and... Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. things to things to, things to reflect nature. So this one here is uh, Baja Dune, which is on the Titan also. Yep. And you can see it wears it well. It's it's not a full solid color, actually. It has quite a little a bit, bit of metallic in it. Quite a bit of metallic yeah. in it. And that helps read shape. You know, that's that's what gives this fender. Sure. And you can almost see the, the low light lights dark. and highlights from the sun being right above it, where it's almost reflecting on itself. Yeah, definitely. In this, in this area here above the fender cut line, which is really interesting. Yeah, and that that's something that is is something good about the, these particular colors that even though yeah. they appear solid from a distance when you come up there's a lot of nuance actually well, in even them. it's funny we're standing back here again on the side and i'm looking at the c pillar yeah and i didn't realize until the sun just caught it that it's actually chamfered itself as it cuts down yep and so you see this area behind the rear door that's that's got a really nice shape yeah the cab just doesn't end abruptly no no it's got a really nice nice chamfered shape but it's not a hard 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 crease everything's got a little bit of a little bit of softness on the metal portion mm -hmm. And that was done on purpose too. Like I didn't want, I didn't want these fenders to be like crazy, crazy sharp. Yeah. Because to me, when everything's super sharp on a, on a, especially on a truck, to me it somehow looks a little weaker. Yeah, like it's trying too hard. Yeah, yeah. And I was even the even the like kind of some of the older older American trucks. Yeah. You know, I really like those soft shapes. Like yeah. the bonnet. Is, some of the '60s and stuff had some great great yeah. shapes to their trucks. Great shapes and. Yeah. I feel like he almost took a little bit of a swing at uh, like a like an F one fifty or something that's got you know really hard lines. I mean, come on, man, let's go, let's go, come at me, bro. <laughs> let's make some trucks. They're trucks. Great shapes, and yeah. there's a there's a balance of having hard shapes and soft shapes, and it gives a panel a feeling of strength. Yeah. And um, that was something that I really picked up. I really liked that yeah. on the hard body. Like everything isn't super sharp. Like yeah. the rocker. Overall, is you look at it; it's a very soft. angled truck with very like ninety degrees everywhere. But yeah. then when you touch it, or it's you feel the corners, soft. they're actually they're yeah. they're they're very soft and rounded, and and the way the hard body. I mean, the hard body is a, a very classic design. Yeah. It, it's it's aged well too. I mean, we're sitting here looking at this one. Yeah, definitely. Super and it's, clean. And it looks yeah, really looks nice. great. Yeah, I mean those fenders, like the little soft flared yeah. blister, yep. blister fenders. So that actually, that light puddling that you see on that fender was something that I looked at a yeah. lot when we were doing this. It's similar yeah. to how it's... Did he just say light puddling? Light puddling. Light puddling. Not light puddling, but light <laughs> puddling. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Are there going to be other colors other than the Baja one that... There uh, are. ...that have kind of are in that modern color palette? And then I would imagine you have the regular silvers and, and black yeah. and white and red and all those. Yeah, we have the regular silvers, black, white, red. I think everybody's familiar with those. There's going to be three 
character colors um, that are in the solid range. The other one is that kind of gray solid color. Yes, that okay, the, I, I've uh, seen that one. Was already released. Yep. And I'm not sure if they've released the other color okay. yet. Okay, all right. So there's another kind of more natural solid and color. And we will uh, keep our eyes out for that one. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Holman, any Easter eggs in the uh, 22 Frontier? Yes, you'll have to uh, wait till you see one in person. No. Yes. No. How long have you been at Nissan? Uh, this is going to be um, my 20th year this Oh, my year. gosh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So you started about the same time I started doing my job. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, so early 2000s. Yeah. So what, is this your favorite vehicle, or what is the favorite vehicle that you've had a chance to be a part of that when it came out you're very happy with? I'm just, I always love talking to designers because yeah. I, I know they're like your children, and everybody says, no, I can't, but you all have one that's sort of special to you. Which one is it for you personally? So far, this one is. Is it? Yeah. 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 And I'm not just saying that because we're talking about it. I'll let the plane fly. Well, well we've got. Get uh, your heads down, heads down, heads down, bombing. <laughs> oh, dude, F-18 coming by. Is that what that so, was? Super Hornet. Ooh. So cool. We've got a. Uh, we've got another. The, the Marine Corps showing off again. It's. That's about the only thing that could upstage how awesome uh, the new uh, Frontier is. Yeah, is sure. F-18 flying over. Oh, it's so awesome. Like, I think, I mean, it's, it's, first it's lucky to, yeah. it's really fortunate to be able to have the chance to work on a car that's being produced. Sure. Like, for every one of these designs that you see on the road, there's probably thousands that don't get to make right, it. Right, things that got penned that weren't selected or didn't get down selected into the group that yeah, kind exactly. of, at least, um, if not selected in its entirety, but informed what the final design was. Yeah, totally. So, it's, it's a real, like, it's a real lucky privilege to work on something and then hopefully watch watch somebody you know driving it down the road or yeah. or in this case you know going I, I can't wait to see it. these driving because I think the road presence is going to be really neat and in yeah. a lot of these cars just from being a journalist for so long when you see them in drawing form and then you see them in clays and then you see them early in a studio nothing is as good as a sunny day where you finally see it moving under its own power where you could really explore and pay attention to the way the light moves and stuff and there's exactly. a, two or three vehicles in my uh, that I could think of in my mind where I wasn't sold on it until I saw it moving. I went, oh, I get it now. Oh, you get it, right? Yeah. yeah, we do that all, all the time. When we see a picture of a new car like coming off on the internet, you yeah. know, we'll see pictures on online of it. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. And then we always have to wait until you see yeah. it on the road, see how, how the stance is, how the light is yeah. on it and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, is, this, this one's been great. For every project that we work on, for the designers and the people that work on the product, we want to be that product while we're working on it. Yeah. And so it was great working on this one because I think there's a little bit of truck guy in everybody. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's it's awesome having the excitement of the building. Everybody was engaged in it. You know, the interior designers, the color designers, all the modeling staff. You know, all the way up to the VP. It was great because this was a product that when we were working on, even in the in the design business. Like, you know, we see stuff all the time and things get a little routine. Sure. Right? When people will see the Frontier, like my colleagues in Japan, when it would get milled out and they'd review it in Japan, yeah. I'd get messages from people saying like, wow, the Frontier yeah. looks hot. Like, I can't Were the Navara people a little jealous? <laughs> 
I mean, a I love the bit. Navara, but I think we've got the better looking one of the two now. A little bit. I mean, <laughs> you can't beat the stance of this thing. Yeah, it's no, just it's great. great. It sits so well. Well, I uh, really appreciate your time today. Thanks for walking around with us. This has been uh, this has been awesome and very insightful. And congratulations on your new baby. Can't wait to see it uh, moving under its own power soon. I know we're getting close to being able to drive them, hopefully during summertime. And uh, just again, that that's that's a really special treat to be able to to do this interview with you. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, they did a great job, and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting be, uh, behind the wheel at some point. You think they'll loan us one? Uh, I, I know they will. Okay. Hey, Holman, would you mind if we did a little five-star hotline? Five-star hotline? What? What's that one? We haven't done it in so long, I can't remember. Five It sounds star. like this. Oh, come on and be part of the show. Call the five-star hotline. 657-205-6105. It's the five-star hotline. Five-star What's up, guys? Hopefully you can hear me over the whine of these uh, mud tires. But anyway, uh, it's Colby, also known as the Embargo Guy. I just was listening to your, one of the recent episodes. Talking Do you think he introduces himself to his friends as, yeah, I'm the Embargo Guy on uh, Truck Show Podcast. Yeah. About the E-axle, but electronic axle replacement. And uh, do you think it's going to have Bluetooth dry shafts? That's how it's going to work? Anyway, just a thought. Have a good one, guys. Now we need him to do Bluetooth drive shaft. And then do I don't know that. what he's talking about. Do you? Can you decipher that call for me? Yeah, I think uh, we was where we were talking about the electric axle replacement, where the whole solid axle unit has an electric motor, so you no longer need drive shafts and things like that. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, just yeah. wires. I recall. So that he's now. saying Bluetooth drive shafts. I got it. I got you, Colby. I got you, brother. Hey boys, this is Kevin from Texas again. I don't know if you can hear right now. You probably can. 2020 Chevy Duramax LTZ. We're heading north with a cargo trailer up to Kentucky doing a little bit of moving for my niece. Wanted to give you boys a holler. We had something happen the other night you want to hear about. Me, my wife, my brother-in-law, you know, we had a few drinks and we decided to go to Whataburger. Well, the what do you think he did? Wait, hold on. Because he, 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 he said Whataburger. 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 And he said we had some drinks. I mean, mm. keep listening. Find a Whataburger here in Texas, as you know, gets quite long around midnight. So we uh, moseyed on down and saw that the in and the out didn't have anybody in it. No way. That's Th- a lie. That's, that did not happen. Already a lie. Yeah, look, Holman had to talk through his the food in his mouth right now. <laughs> well, I didn't expect somebody to lie that blatantly on the Truck Show podcast. What are you eating right now? Only us get to lie that blatantly I know, on the you're show. Eating, he's talking through his cookies. What are you uh, eating right now? These are Keebler fudge stripes we found in the green room. <laughs> By the way, in and out mm-hmm. in Texas, yeah. lines. Of course there are. Of course. Straight line. Yeah. Kevin, seriously, why, why are you lying right to us? Come on now. We're partaking in that type of activity before we decided that, well, why not? And, uh, boys, I'm going to tell you, it lived up to the hype. I will say that Whataburger's fries have nothing on In-N-Out's fries, animal style. And I will say this. That Ooh, what's now say? you are not yeah. lying. Now we know you're for reals. All right. He's for reals. All right. I like it. That's right. 
some of that California pompousness interrupting your Texas culinary experience. What now, Whataburger? That's right, because the Californians, we're coming in, we're coming out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, animal style! Woo! Are we coming in or are we coming out? What does that even mean? Uh, it's just, uh, it just I got just, carried away. Just hype talk? Yeah, hype talk. <laughs> the burgers are on par with Whataburger, but it's a different category, boys. But let me tell you, if I had to choose in between Whataburger and In-N-Out, it's going to be a hard decision now. Thanks for turning me on. I guess there's not some bad things that come out of California like you two. I guess in and out's pretty good also. All right, y'all keep it safe. And uh, matter of them parameters, five stars, boys. We talk to you. Got to give her boy a little love. the uh, best uh, Google voice we've had in a while. Yeah, hold on. He also gave us five stars. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. And then he called us back. Hey, boys. Kevin from Texas. <clears throat> Told you guys I was driving. Uh... Yes, sir. Do you think he's calling back to say you got food poisoning? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm, no, not from in and out. No, hell no. No, no, no. No, it's all fresh. Fort Worth, Texas, up to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Pulling probably around a 10,000-pound load, 16-foot enclosed trailer. Driving my 2020 Chevy uh, 2500 Duramax LTZ. Uh, you know, the one you boys don't like the front of, but I'm absolutely in love with. I guess each is dog. We can have that conversation later. <laughs> Just want to give you guys a, a little bit of a truck review. Oh, hold on a well, second. We've got to play the jingle I, if he's going to do a truck review. I didn't see that coming. Truck review. Yeah. Roll the golden dragon truck nuts. Oh, see, he deserved that. He, he deserved deserve a good that. uh. He, he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Up there, loaded down with the trailer, I got about 10.2 miles per gallon. On the way back, I got about 11.6. But, you know, we don't buy these trucks for gas mileage, right? We buy these trucks to put them to work and to put the tire down to the pavement and pull the load. I tell you what, that 10-speed automatic... Um, that 6.6 Duramax diesel just, it, it never failed for me, guys. Uh, running up hills, doing 60, getting caught behind an 18-wheeler. As soon as they would move over, I was back up, you know, well above the speed limit there. and was able to run hard, never had a problem passing anybody, never had a problem doing anything. I am, uh, you know, more than happy. 26 hours on the road, uh, the, the seats, the way that the layout of the truck is with the buttons and just being able to be comfortable on the truck, I was... Uh, thoroughly impressed. Uh, good job, GM. I, and I know the other trucks, Ford and Ram, do the same thing. You probably have a similar experience with those trucks, too, but, you know, I drive the Chevy. So there's my truck review. Uh, again, the reason I came to your guys' podcast was because I was in search of information about going in between the GM, the Ford, and the Ram, a 2500. And, uh, you know, I stayed around for the for the antics and the fun that we've had over the last three years. So, hey, guys, uh, appreciate it. There's my truck review. Hope everybody else has a great Monday. Five stars. You know what? I think that Kevin deserves... Five-star review! Five stars! That's a five-star review but for Kevin. Didn't he earn the five stars? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what, Kevin? You earned your own five stars. Right. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. Uh, did I mention he called us back? <laughs> okay. I guess it's a long trip he's on. Yeah, he is. Good morning, boys. Kevin from Texas again. Listen to your episode this morning about the bad article. You know, it, it's just... Oh, we got, We should recap for those who haven't heard. So yeah, this is was a, a writer. Yeah. 
who wrote in um, the Bloomberg. Yeah, I think so. Uh, anyway, it was a whole thing about uh, petro masculinity and how everybody who drives trucks is basically an a hole. Well, does big, that sign it up? Does no, that, well, big trucks. Right. I don't think uh, that she would have had a, a problem with like a. No, uh, oh, she would have a smaller truck. She would have. You think so? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Basically, hates people who drive trucks. So we. Told you guys about it. We posed the question and we wanted some feedback. And so uh, Kevin is uh, delivering the goods once again on the Truck Show podcast. Very indicative of where we're at in this country right now, where we're very uh, short-sighted in how we look at issues and problems that other people are facing. You know, I can understand the urban setting where there's not much space, streets are small, and things of that nature. Um, you know, but you know, how do you combat that, right? You combat that with technology. You put sensors in your vehicles. That's where we're going. I mean, look at all these big trucks, even the smaller trucks. You can even look at Nissan, one of your guys' sponsors that has a technology suite in their truck to make it safer for everyone, right? So, you know, coming after something because it's big, look at all the big rigs. Big rigs have to come in and out of cities too. Big rigs have to go down to stores. You have big box trucks. What are they going to do? Strap a box on the back of a Honda Civic? It's still the same thing. You know, um, these things and these articles are done, you know, through a mul- multitude of different issues and reasons in our country right now. And thanks for bringing it to our attention. You know, and, and all it does is put a bad taste in people's mouth. And every time they see a truck, they say, look, it's that truck owner. They don't care about us or they don't care about this and that. Well, you can have unattentive people driving a vehicle with tons of technology and still have the issues that, you know, this author is talking about. So, you know, it's mute to me. I think it's just somebody trying to get attention. It's somebody trying to put their point across. Um, like I said, this, this happens in other different areas of our lives. You know, what we have to do is we have to advocate for our group of people. We have to advocate for trucks. We have to advocate why they're important. We no longer can be quiet. We have to stand up. We have to use a voice of reason, too, right? We can't just yell and scream at people because we don't agree with what their opinion piece says. We have to prove them wrong, right? We have to be responsible drivers. We have to be responsible people that drive these big trucks when we're out on the road. We have to be respectful of people. And that's the only way that, um, you know, we change the hearts and minds of people out there in the world. Um, just be a respectful person. Just be that person that drives your big truck with a trailer. Give uh, the small cars the freedom that they deserve. And, you know, when you're driving through big cities and big areas where there's kids, you know, you drive slow. What can we do, you know? It's sad to see that that stuff comes out, but obviously somebody was looking to, I guess, get more follows and pump up their ratings. Any other day, uh, I guess that would have hit me a little bit worse, but today it's Monday and I'm in good spirits. Hope uh, everybody else feels the same way. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Right on, Kevin. Dude, that was the best trio of, uh, of voicemails we've ever had on the Truck Show podcast, only rivaled by, but still beating, Chris and Baldwin Hills. Good morning, Truck Show Podcast! Oh, wow. She's all starter mornings that way. Oh, my neighbors probably hate me right now, but it's okay. Hey, Corey here. I'm finally getting around to completing the TSP trifecta. I've left you a uh, five-star review. Gone ahead and sent in an email a couple weeks back, that Black F-150. And now I'm getting around to blasting the five-star hotline. Hey, Holman. I gotta say, you gotta cut lightning some slack. He's getting sensitive in his old age. <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding, guys. Keep up the great work. But what I really wanted to call to say is, suck. 
Oh, sup. <laughs> What's sup, up? Sup, sup. Right on, man. Well, hey, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for uh, checking in. These are exactly the, the, the types of uh, messages we like to hear. We get a little bit of fun in. We get a little bit of uh, perspective. and uh, A lot of thoughtfulness going on in this group right yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, so if you want to uh, add your, uh, your voice to the Truck Show Podcast, 657-205-6105, and uh, leave us a message on the Five Star Hotline. Five Star. Five Star. Five Star. Hotline. All right, so uh, next up is uh, some audio. Sounds like you don't know. Oh, this no, no, is the no, audio no, that's no, bad. This is the oh, bad audio no. that, you can, that you can fix again. Uh, hold on a second. I have a warning for everyone. Well, maybe it's a good time for me to mention that uh, parents with small children listening uh, might want to be warning. aware that this particular oh, is that, talk is. No, no, no. That's you, the wrong one? You need the other warning. Oh, this one? We're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service. No, no, no. Not time. that warning either. Oh. This one? Are we there yet? That might be that one. <laughs> Not yet. That's going to be you as you edit this sound into something usable. Uh, hold on a second. I th- I found the right one. You ready? Yep. We are deeply <laughs> yep, <there you> <laughs> sorry. That's an apology, though, not a warning. We're sorry. Oh, yeah, true. I'm apologizing to you because We're I know sorry. what you're about to go through. Mm-hmm. I will say I have to give my man uh, lighting sorry. some props. Yeah. He, he, he nailed it last week. If you guys had heard how bad that audio was going in... Uh, I know it sounded staticky, but it was clear as day. Mm-hmm. Literally, when I press play out of the file on my laptop on full blast and then into some exterior speakers, you literally could not hear people talking. So it's funny that you say that. Uh, I was talking to Paul Moyer, formerly of uh, NBC Los Angeles, yeah. Nightly News, and, sure. and he, he had heard your raw audio, and he said, That was awful. I mean, that was they, that was awful. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> and uh, this audio will also be equally as awful, except Lightning will fix it. Uh, this one's awesome because I, we got some emails from you guys and asking about the Jeep Magneto concept, and I had a chance to drive it at Easter Jeep Safari with our good friend Jim Morrison, who's the head of uh, the Jeep brand North America, and uh, we went for a little uh, went for a little drive. All right, so uh, I am sitting here with a good friend of mine, Jim Morrison, and uh, Jim, we're in something kind of special right now, aren't we? Yeah, we're out here in uh, Moab for the Easter Jeep Safari, and. Uh they're going to first drive in the uh, Magneto concept. So we're in a fully battery electric Jeep. This thing is freaking awesome. I've been waiting uh, to get in this thing all day, and actually since you guys first announced it, and you can just hear how quiet it is. Yeah, you know, it's, it's great. I mean, we've been, been uh, learning this and feeling this in our new Wrangler 4xe, and who else can do open-air freedom, doors off, top off, in complete silence? And uh, it's an experience that is, uh, it's, I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? Uh, this is awesome. It's super torquey. So what's, uh, we talked about this on the show in the past when the press release came out, that this started out as a, tw- a 2018 Rubicon two-door manual with a V6. That all got taken out, but you guys left the manual. And you know my love of manuals. Yes, and you know what the best thing with this manual is everybody can drive it. It's really just the adjustment to the speed. So in low range, it adjusts the crawl speed, and in high range, it adjusts the top end, so you pick your speed, and uh, and away you go. But you don't have to worry about it stalling when you push uh, when you stop. So you can come to complete stop using the brake only, like we just did there. That was awesome. And uh, and then you just use the uh, so-called right foot or accelerator because it's not the gas, it's the beans, whatever you got. <laughs> uh, and uh, it it adds, you know, it, you throttle in and and uh, you, you away you go again. Instant torque. Yeah, this is awesome. It's uh, the only time I guess you you need to use the clutch is while moving. Otherwise, even when you park it, use the e-brake because there's no compression. It'll still roll away when it's in gear, which is hilarious because you just don't think of it that way. 
and just on the trail you basically can just shift and choose the gear and there's so much torque to the the motor that it, it does what you need to do and uh it feels really weird but in a good way yeah you know instant torque is uh, is incredible feeling because you know this this has the same torque as our as our v6 uh, but it's instantly on tap so if you walk up like call up to this and then stop at the bottom of this uh this little ledge here and you know in, in a normal gas engine you'd have to kind of rev it up and give it a little bit of time to get the torque uh, up high enough so that you could uh, get over the obstacle. Now watch what happens. Just you tip into the uh, accelerator and it just crawls over. Up and over. So much torque right there. I mean, we're open top, no doors, fully electric Jeep. I mean, we are experiencing nature 100% right now. You know, that's one of the best things about uh, our 4xE. And, you know, the the, uh, the Wrangler 4xE is going to go on sale next month. And, um, you know... That's my own personal experience with it is it's a complete uh, different experience with doors off, top off, and quiet. You actually can hear the tires moving, you know, on the Wrangler, and that's about it. Um, you know, a little bit of power steering, it sounds like, uh, you know, um, Iron Man. Um, and then uh, you, uh, you can just go wherever you want to go. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Nina just gave us the go-ahead to go have a little Green bit light. more fun. Yeah. I think she said go do the whole trailer. Yeah, last ride of the uh, of the day, I guess. We get to uh, play a little bit more than everybody else. So we talked about my love of manuals. You guys decided to stick with a manual in this one. Why Why the manual transmission? Well, a couple reasons. Uh, one is because we're Jeep and we love manuals too. One of the only manufacturers that still makes manuals. Uh, but second is it's a little bit easier uh, for the intervention with the or the uh, connection with the electric motors. Because one of the things this does is, uh, I mean, it's, it's a pure Jeep. And as you know, people love to modify the Jeep. I don't know anyone's got more uh, mods than yours. But the... Uh, um, <laughs> That's not true. But the... Uh, uh, Probably. But the nice thing is, like, everything in front of the... Uh, this is a stock six-speed manual transmission. Everything in front of the, uh, the trans is all the, uh, um, the battery electric... That, uh, that you need and see and you can feel. We're crawling down a ledge right now and it's totally silent, no problem, and it just just goes on down. I mean, I don't even know if people can hear this. Yeah, I know. That's going to make for either the coolest podcast or the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the podcast that nobody could understand. Yeah, like, why? We don't get it. Why, why are they excited you, about this? We can't hear a thing. <laughs> they're just sitting outside in the breeze or yeah. something. And no, yeah. we're, we're driving this thing uh, down this road in Moab. This is Awesome. When while we're doing an interview, we we're talking about crawling, and you and I went wheeling yesterday, and you let me wheel with uh, with pork chop, and uh, which is a concept from like what, 2011, and it was awesome to uh, to be in pork chop. I think I was the only guy on the trail with a manual transmission. What was that? Just because of my love of manuals, or what was the deal there? Well, you know, I'm not complaining by the way. You have a reputation for manuals, so <laughs> you know it's it's actually harder to wheel with manuals. So uh, it was it was fun to watch you working it. Um, and, and we did Moab uh, Rim like that wasn't some lightweight trail. It's a serious trail. So you know I think uh, we won't talk about the uh, the bead that we blew. Um, <laughs> but there was I blame no, Mark Allen. There was no uh, there was no transmission problems or no stalling <laughs> um, on the on the trail. It was uh, you know just that. I, the only thing I feel bad about with uh, uh, is I missed an opportunity because the right in front of us the Jeep <laughs> was uh, was Flatbill and it has onboard air. And uh, 
you know, I didn't think anybody had a hose, but we actually had somebody with a hose. We could have backed the yeah, uh, flatbill right back up and filled it up and <laughs> well, kept on going. But. We got it going. I uh, I blame Mark Allen because he even told me that he, uh, you know, to be careful because he burped out a bunch of air. And yeah. uh, so I'm like, okay, no problem. And then we burped out the rest of the air. Yeah, I think he was running it on like five pounds of pressure. So uh, a little bit lighter than I like to go. I like to air down to... Something in the teens. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm usually 12 to 15, depending I'm, on what I'm, I'm doing. Not, oh, no, I've got to get down into the uh, into the single digits. I don't but, like blowing beads. Yeah, that uh, can be a little more time-consuming. But uh, what do you think of this thing, Sean? It's, uh, it's awesome. fun, huh? I don't know if people can hear that, but you barely even hear the suspension. I mean, there's just there's no, no noise other than things moving around, but it's super tight. There's no body noise. There's no creak to rattle. And the electric drivetrain is just you know doing its thing. It's it's super super awesome. Crawling is no big deal with it. <laughs> All right, we're, we're crawling up this uh, ledge in four low. There you go, that's four low. And we didn't even use any lockers. It's it's a two no. Rubicon, so <laughs> Wild. everything behind the um, the transmission, it's all stock. So stock uh, key case, stock sway bar disconnects, uh, stock lockers front and rear. Like, this thing is, is a true Rubicon. You know, if customers wanted to lift them, you know, put bigger tires on, it's, it's all ready to go. Yeah, it's, then you uh, guys aren't doing like in-wheel motors. This is a whole, uh, everything where the engine sits. So transmission back, drivetrain is all the same. So all the things that should work on a Jeep, well, in fact, this thing has a 2-inch lift and 35s on it. Yeah, it's nice to be able to uh, keep what, what people like to do with uh, their Wranglers and modify them. It's this such an odd go. sensation, though. This, yeah, it's a great feeling. Final edge. The thing is, you can go quicker speed, even in, even in 4 high. Look at that. Didn't change gears. It's got lots. Just crawl right over like a little mountain goat. So what's it like when you're in, you know, crawling to go downhills? Is it, is it, there's no compression braking, so how does it work in, in low gear to, to keep your speed from going, you know, from running away? There you go. Watch Oh, it. yeah. The gearing works. You get a little bit of brake there, but. You got your brake, and then if you want to, we can use select speed control, hill descent control. Oh, yeah, so select speed control would still work on this as well. And then you just pick your speed, and and, uh, and down you go. And I think um, you know, that, that's the uh, the beauty of instant torque with the sucker is here you go again. You just up over rocks, you know, it's got so much torque, it just motors on for you. Oh, my gosh. This thing, is, it's, it's so very cool, but the sensation is just... It's like a golf cart, but way better. And I don't want to minimize it by saying it's like a golf cart, you know, like I, I, because I don't mean that you know, disrespectfully. It's just such a just a weird feeling for somebody who's always used to internal combustion engines and gearing. But this is a great bridge that gap because it's the best of both worlds. You get the gearing and how it works like you would normally think of in an ICE engine, but you have all the benefits of the electric powertrain. That's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and I think with the concept, one of the biggest things we wanted to test, you know, with the uh, uh, with the enthusiast out here in Moab is, is it a true Jeep? And so the question is, do you do you think this is a true Jeep? Is this the best uh, four-wheel drive you'd expect to, to have with an electric? Yeah, yeah, this this is definitely a true Jeep. It does everything that I would expect out of it. I really appreciate the time to get behind the wheel because this is uh, this is really special. I, I think. Uh, I know Mark, we interviewed earlier, was talking about this is only the beginning. You guys wanted to start with the stock baseline and you intend to bring it out for a couple of consecutive years as the technology grows with the vehicle. And I'm definitely getting excited to see what you guys do with it because I know you've only scratched the surface and iteration one is pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's fun because we're definitely on a path 
to uh, to deliver on what we said we would do, and that is have Jeep be the uh, the greenest SUV brand in the world. You know, we've got uh, three plug-in hybrids, uh, you know, in uh, in active motion now with Compass and, and uh, Renegade in, on sale in Europe now. And you know, next month we'll uh, we'll be bringing to the marketplace the Wrangler 4 by E, and uh, you know, that's amazing too. Uh, 21 miles uh, of uh, of electric range, uh, 49 mpge thing is incredible. I did uh, pins and things yesterday and came back to 38% uh, battery. You did all in electric? Yeah, wow. and uh, and never touched the locker. You know, so it's got lots of uh, capability left and lots of battery left. I'm not a 100%, I'm not a, I'm not a battery electric vehicle hater. I'm wide open, but this is the first vehicle I've driven that's made me feel like there's there could be a future in the things that I love. So kudos to you on that. Um, I'm sure this is just a glimpse at the future of what you guys have planned for Jeep with Super awesome, and, and as always, we know you listen to the show, and we really appreciate your time because you're uh, you're a busy guy. You've got a few launches this year. Yeah, there's a lot going on, Sean. We go we go from this to uh, 392. Uh, we'll drive, uh, so that'll be uh, something you'll be talking about. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Best sounding uh, Wrangler ever. Interestingly enough, Wrangler 4 by E and the 392 both have 470 pound feet of torque. So whatever flavor of Wrangler you want, you guys are doing it right now. Exactly, and then Grand Cherokee right behind that. You know, Grand Wagoneer right behind that, and then we'll be uh, bringing out the two-door or the uh, the two-row and the uh, electric uh, Grand Cherokee later in the year. So, lots right. uh, lots of things to talk about. Can't wait to uh, get behind the wheel of those things and uh, share it with our audience. But thanks again for letting me uh, drive Magneto. This, this has been really a really special experience. Appreciate it. Excellent. Note to self: preset input level and then break off knob before giving to Holman. Good, uh, it was a great job out there. Appreciate it. Thanks for uh, doing those uh, interviews. Nope, don't worry, there's there's more to come. <laughs> got some, uh, got some. Uh, well, let's just say there's some more stories that came out of that with uh, great audio that you will appreciate. Um, really getting intimate with, if you will. <laughs> don't, I'm tired of editing this stuff, dude. Well, that's what we do here. Just just look at the screen next time and see if the levels are bouncing and actually moving. If they're uh-huh. if they're moving and you can see them, well, then I, that means the volume is there. I was going to, but you had the audio card. So I couldn't do anything with it. I mean, I had to, what? You what had the card. I was going to do some more with the recorder, and then realized, oh, no memory card for the audio files. I'm and glad I'm I'm preventing you from like <laughs> hosing the show. Not hosing the show. I'm giving the show life. Are you now uh-huh. yeah. giving it a lot of uh, hiss and pop and crackle? Right. I'm the, the life force of the truck show. Podcast. Are you now? Yeah. All right. Uh, can we read some email? Uh, let's do that. You email? Yeah. All right, Holman, who's up first? You go. Me or you? You go. You go. All right, we're going to start off with uh, Sport Trucks question mark from uh, Don Happel. So, light, bright, and hold my beer. He starts off, uh, some time ago, Holman was saying that he thought that the performance truck pendulum showed the first hint that it might be swinging back from off-road performance, such as the Raptor and TRX, to on-road performance, like the Lightning and SRT. Well, recently, I noticed this sitting in a small-town Ford lot in Real Vista, California. Hey, now. Clearly, this is a dealer special and not a real Lightning, but is it indicative of the first wave of a trend? As a former owner of two past Lightnings, I think this looks pretty good, and I'd be happy to see a return of a single-cab short-bed sport truck. 
Uh, may your suckage be low and your parameters mounted. As always, five stars. Guys, I seen the suckage meter. You've pinned the needle on this episode. Five star review! Five star! Those, uh, all those drops are just, they're so conflicted. I know, I was like, <laughs> what show is this? I don't know, I was just playing everything that uh, he said. Yeah. All right, got one here from uh, our friend Bart Harkey over at Georgia Metal Fab. He says, Lightning Holman, I just listened to the episode about the supercharger on your Jeep as well as the episode with Mallet talking superchargers on the Colorado. I love hearing about Eaton TVS because I worked there. I ran the rotor machining cells. No way. That's pretty cool. Uh, you were spot on when saying that rotating groups are manufactured to OE standards. If there ever is a problem with a rotating group, that unit can be traced all the way back to every operation, press, force, etc. Just dropping you a note to let you know that there's a team of great people working hard every day in Athens, Georgia, to help everyone make some extra horsepower. Holman, by the way, I totally agree with you about the Corvette. They turned an awesome car into Euro trash. Not to mention the new ones don't have superchargers. As always, five stars. Five star review! Five stars! And that's uh, Bart at uh, Game Tall Fab. Game Tall Fab. That's the, uh, remember we made that joke last oh, yeah. time he wrote in. That's it, yeah. I hate you, Holman! Again? Subject line from oh, Chris it's, Murphy. It's from you! You wrote that! No, this oh, is from Chris Murphy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not really. I'm just super jealous every time I get to see your name on super cool stuff, he says, with a happy face. Anyway, I can't wait to hear about uh, the rest of EJS on the show. Uh, have a great Easter, guys. Well, of course, that happened before Easter, but... Uh, and, uh, and, and he's got his picture right here is the Jeep Wrangler Magneto Concept First Drive. The battery-powered Wrangler drives like the future of off-roading. So if he uh, goes back about uh, 20 minutes, he'll hear all about it. <laughs> he would have already heard it, so he's like, We take care of our listeners. That's service, by the way, right there. Holman and Lightning. Nope, Lightning nope, and Holman right says there. so on Holman the t-shirt and, and the poster above your head. Yeah, but if everybody says Holman and Lightning, we know what it's uh, really all about. Nope, Lightning and Holman. Holman and Lightning. You touched on a few topics. Lightning and Holman. Holman and <laughs> Lightning. You touched on a few topics an episode mm. or two ago that I can touch on. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do this forever. <laughs> gonna go ahead. I'm, mir- I'm wearing mirrored sunglasses, and you're a funhouse mirror. Okay. Uh, or a funhouse of mirrors. Mm-hmm. So they say. Anyway, uh, you touched on a few topics an episode or two ago that I can touch on. It's another long email, so read as much of it as you want. Uh, buying parts. You know what's weird is that it looks like it's printed on a roll of toilet paper. It's so long, like yeah, the Dead Sea Scrolls. pretty long. Hold on. Let me um, unscroll <laughs> it. it. Yeah. Uh, buying parts for a truck you don't own. When I was planning to drive back to my parents' house for Christmas, I was also looking for truck parts to buy on the way. I found an MP435 transmission for my truck and a fiberglass flat fender front clip with a big hood scoop on it. I don't own a Willys for the front clip to go on, but I felt the need, nay responsibility, (laughs) to rescue it from this guy's yard and potential fate of being cut up to fit on a geo tracker. That's a good point. Wait, what? A geo tracker? Well, because people cut them up and then stick them on weird stuff. Sure. And that shouldn't happen. Uh, Hopefully soon I'll get a flat fender to put on it, but until then it'll sit in my garage safe and sound. By the way, both the trans and the front clip fit in my cross track uh, on Facebook groups. You mentioned that you both believe Facebook groups have taken over in the place of forums. I will begrudgingly agree with you. I'm basically 29, so I grew up with Facebook in high school and would have abandoned it by now if it wasn't for all the postings on the marketplace being so prevalent. In the past four months, I've purchased the trans and front clip mentioned above along with the welder and a V8 through it. 
Facebook offers a very convenient and easily accessible place for knowledge to be shared within the groups. What it doesn't have is history. The full-size Jeep forum that I post on has been active since 2006, so there's roughly 15 years of knowledge built up there. I don't believe that Facebook groups are a good enough replacement for traditional internet forum, though. It doesn't have the same functionality since the forum is a forum first and Facebook group has just enough features that it can kind of sort of work as such given the access level. Personally, I always turn toward the traditional forum. I get that. I, I don't... I don't have an argument. I think that that's what a forum has is the archived history that you can go back to. Until to find that, I don't. Until Facebook figures it out well, and they I, give you, but we're not there yet. A great so. search feature. Um, I I agree. We'll see. They do have search, which people don't realize. Yeah, it's not great. You know, though. if you're looking up, uh, you know, on your Jeep forum, you can look yeah. up dual battery. Well, and you or can something. look up hashtags now on Facebook and right. stuff like that too. So. Uh, on AEV, I found your recent interview with Matt from AEV particularly interesting because I was previously a metallurgical engineer at a steel mill that produced hundreds of thousands of tons of boron steel. I had no idea that the aftermarket was using the material for bumpers. And let me tell you guys, I've been doing a lot of hardcore wheeling in that Jeep way harder than I thought I would uh, when I bought it uh, six months ago or nine months ago, whatever it is now, uh, in both Moab and this recent trip to Arizona. And... The front skid plate on the bumper is boron steel, and I have bashed it into a rock several times, and it has not bent. I've literally been able to wipe the dust off of it and spray paint it with black powder coat paint, and we're back to the races. So it's incredibly strong. Anyway, he says, for the listeners who aren't familiar with the material, it primarily gets used these days in a car A, B, C, D pillars and reinforcement rails in unibody cars. Wranglers and Broncos use an aluminized version of the material for their sports bars, legally used for roll bars. There are different strength levels from material, too. The most typical material has a post-heat treatment tensile strength of 15 MPa, or 217 KSI, 1,000 PSI. But automakers also utilize 100 MP, or 145 KSI, and 550 MP, I'm sorry, MPa, uh, or 80 KSI material as well. The lower strength materials generally used to create design failure points by welding the 1500 material to either the 1000 or 550 material and then hot forming the part. Jeep utilizes this in the Grand Cherokee. This is all done in the effort to lightweight cars for better fuel economy. People are even working on a higher strength form of the material. The whole design of the material is that you put a very small amount of boron, 0.003 to 0.005 weight percent. I say we have that much boron in the show. We're, we're that is a really, really small amount. Yeah. Uh, into the steel that makes it have a very high hardness or the ability to be heat treated to form a very strong microstructure, or he says martensite, I guess is a... Uh, a term which equates to higher strength. Just to give a little perspective, the heats of this material that we would melt would be upwards of 450,000 pounds and contain roughly 1,800 pounds of boron, or in terms of Nissan hard body 4x4 trucks, half a truck in 125 trucks. Now, that's a good way for us <laughs> like uh, that. slower people like me to uh, visualize that. The end part is processed by running the blanks through the reheat furnace to get them around 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit and then stamping them in a water-cooled dye, forming them into a part and quenching them at the same time. So like Matt said, it's literally the one and only way to produce this material. It's even more costly than what Lightning is imagining due to the more complicated dyes in the added thermal operation. By the way, if you go to uh, AV Conversions uh, Instagram, they posted a video, I think also on Facebook, of skid plates being hot, uh, hot stamped out of that boron and moving off the press. It's really cool. Um, anyway, he says, uh, I want to expound upon one point that Matt made. He mentioned that a common strength for steel is 25 KSI, and I want to put that into automotive context. 25 KSI is normal for like a car fender or non-structural bracket. Traditional frame material, high strength, low alloy, can run anywhere from 50 to 80 KSI. Wranglers, full-size trucks tend to run 70-ish range on their frames. There's also dual phase material 
that runs upwards of 100 to 120 KSI, which is used in structural applications on unibody cars, but nothing else comes anywhere close to the strength levels of hot stamp boron steel. If I had a vehicle that I could get one of these AV hot stamp bumpers on, I would 100% shell out the cash for one. Keep up the great work, guys. Really enjoying the show recently. Thanks again, Tyler. And he says, uh, P.S., Lightning, can you lower the jingles in the final mix? I like them, but they blast my eardrums compared to the rest of the audio. Huh. So first, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Tyler Hutchins. So Tyler, uh, awesome v- email. Thank you for the data. That is that's phenomenal. Really, really appreciate you guys. When you write in and you and you school us, we actually do enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, we're rarely are we the smartest people in the room, and that uh, Tyler's email proves that. I mean, even in the studio room, we're not the smartest people here. No, yeah, and it's just us. Yeah, well, there's ants, and so <laughs> I are, think they yeah. might have a higher IQ. Um, and the other thing is, so here's the weird thing about the the audio. Uh, I mix it so it should all be pretty even. I mean, it's loud at times. I've heard it. So I listen to it to edit it after you edit it. So mm-hmm. if there's any changes, I hit you back. But listening to it in the car, I've had that a few times. Where it's like, ooh, that's that's a loud one. Mm. You know, because uh, Spotify and some of the services that we use, you cannot cross minus 16 luffs. And uh, that's basically the perception of volume, not actual volume. It's kind of the perceived average. And, uh, and, I, and I hit it there every time. So that's weird. Uh, I will listen a little more closely uh, to the final mix. And if I feel it's off, I, I'm not going to do anything about it. And I don't if you care. don't, you don't care. No, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I mean, you know, whatever. I like the jingles. <laughs> well, he didn't say he didn't like the jingles. Harbor Freight is the subject line from Keaton. So he was listening to uh, our podcast and we were talking about uh, Harbor Freight. And he says, if you want to get the owner of Harbor Freight on the show, his name is Eric Smith. Yes, uh, I have. Uh, I get those emails, too. I'm on the Harbor Freight email list. And it's usually like and a letter from the president, yeah. Eric. They yeah. send so, a prolific amount of emails. I out. have a feeling. Well, no, I was going to say I have a feeling that Eric won't talk to us. I don't know. No, no, we I, haven't called. I, I know how to get a hold of him. Do you really? We've done stuff with Harbor Freight in the past. Have you really? Yeah. Yeah, we get a hold of him. That'd be a fascinating interview. It, it might be. Because they have a legit story, like an actual, yeah. I think, legit story. No, where they do. They do. It wasn't like father-son and they you know, wanted like, to get yeah. parts we'll, cheaper. Let's and, see if we can get them on and, and I think it would be cool to sure. have that. I would be totally into it. And you know what? Remember I told you about that I, uh, I had ordered a Harbor Freight uh, 72-inch tool chest? Yeah. Did it ever come? Nope. Uh, I got a refund and went and got a Husky at Home Depot, the very oh, last wow. one in California. The very last Home Depot? No, the <laughs> the very last 72-inch wood top, uh, and it goes up and down, and, and it's, it's, it's bitching. And I, uh, I'm i actually really happy with it. Uh, Harbor Freight just wasn't going to come through. You know, it's probably sitting it's out It's sitting here. out on the coast. It's, with it's, the, uh, yeah, sitting on a, in a ship over <laughs> here, one of the 60 in front of your house in Huntington Beach. Uh, you know? Literally, I, I went down the, uh, down the street. Uh, to PCH, and y- you won't believe how it's many just freighter, 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 all Dude. sitting out in the harbor, Amazing. waiting to get in. Yeah, there's uh, probably could there be a, as many as a hundred to get in? Uh, there's at least fifty. Okay, there's at least fifty. Holman, how do you feel about dialing the million mile man? Uh, I heard it was only the nine hundred and fifty thousand mile man. Well, don't uh, let. Come on, let's. Uh, he's gonna keep driving. He's, he's you not, don't know that. He's not dead on the side of the road. He's still got 50,000 miles he can put on the truck. Well, let's find that's out how many miles he has. That's a lot of miles to go when you could get hit by a bus tomorrow. <laughs> don't, don't rain on his parade. <laughs> All right, Come him. on. I'm calling him. All right. Hello? Gene, Lightning and Holman, Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? What's going on? 
Doing good. How you guys doing? We are fantastic. Now, I, just a guess, but it sounds like you're driving right this minute. Is that true? No, actually, uh, I just pulled into a rest area. Okay, got it. Well, it sounds like you're in you're in your truck. But uh, we have a quick intro. It's very short. Don't move. What the truck? What the truck? What the truck? <laughs> what the truck, indeed. <laughs> Now, now, Gene, I, I can't recall which group I found you on, which is like one of the Duramax uh, Facebook groups. And the shop that you had taken your truck to, your Duramax power truck, they took a uh-huh. photograph of your uh, your odometer and said, look at this guy. He's got 950,000 miles. He's nearing a, a million miles. That's amazing. And I think you were in for something very minor, which is why they had posted it, because you'd gone so many miles. He broke the uh, sun visor clip. <laughs> is that what it was? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get the backstory here, Gene. First off, what year is the truck? Tell us about the truck. It's a 2011 3500 HD Dually with the Duramax Allison Combo. And what do you do for a living that would have racked up? And then I want you to tell I'm us gonna how guess, many miles. I'm going to guess he drives for a living. That's going to be my. I'm just saying. Can well, I throw I, that I, in the hat? Well, but is he just like, a little? He's not a delivery parts guy. Like, what are you? What are you towing? I, I haul RVs and campers for a dealership out of Ohio. And did has this truck been used for that purpose since day one? Since 2011. Since, yep, since day one, actually. I bought it from another camper hauler in 2014. Um, It had 50,000 miles on it. He was retired, and (laughs) he just didn't really want to do it. So I've had it since July of 2014. So this is really a farce. You've only put 900,000 miles on the truck. That other guy was a chump. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. I've only put 900,000 on it. uh, What's the current mileage as you sit in it right now? As I sit in it right now, the current mileage is 957,808 miles. Uh-huh. I mean, that's like uh, at least, uh, what, uh, 6,000 miles or so since we saw the photo? So he's been busy. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually on my way back from a delivery in Montana. And by the end of this interview, he'll be at 957,892 miles. No, no, he's sitting at a rest stop. <laughs> okay. He's got to go in and shower. <laughs> so, Gene, first off, how do you pronounce your last name? Is it is it Fugit? Fuget? Fuget? Fugit. 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 Yep. Okay. How often are you driving? Is it is it five days, six days a week, seven days a week? And what's a typical uh, loop, I guess, for you? It, it all depends. I run a lot of the West Coast stuff. Um, and, and and as far as how long I'm out, what days, it, it, it all depends. I, there's runs where I'll go out and be back the following day. Uh, but there's also the West Coast runs where, you know, it's 10 days. So are you towing multiple tra- uh, RVs on a trailer, or are you doing one, like, fifth wheel at a time to a customer or something like that? Usually one fifth wheel at a time. So you're deadheading back after you drop it off? I'll generally find another load. Coming okay. out of once I find out where I'm going. So the truck is very seldom unloaded. I mean, that's the way to do it. Now, I'm guessing most drivers like you that we talk to take meticulous re- uh, you know, maintenance records. I'm curious, how many sets of tires have uh, have you gone through? What's a typical set last? 
Uh, tires, I can rotate them and get about a hundred to a hundred and ten thousand miles. Oh my set. god! So are you? So we've heard of other guys in the similar roles where they're upgrading uh, to a commercial tire or even a commercial wheel. Are you using a consumer grade tire? Or are you going to a full commercial grade? Are you doing uh, what a is ten it? ply, twelve is ply, it or? twenty and twenty two and a halves? Is that what size? Of, like a a full uh, big rig wheel? <laughs> Yeah, that's a full big rig wheel. I run the stock 17-inch steel wheels on here. I do run the DF Goodwrench uh, R500, which are considered a commercial tire. They're they're a really hard tire. They they're not terrible. They're not a terrible ride, and they're just they're really durable. What shop was it that posted your story? Bohannon's Diesel and Transmission. And it sounded like a kind of a son and father deal. Is that tell me about the shop? I, it's, it's actually, it's a, it's a young guy that, that runs the shop. I had actually had my truck in another shop and they called me for the, for that issue. And they called me and told me I needed to, to replace my transmission, uh, which I was kind of, you know, upset about because, uh, I didn't, you know, it wasn't going to make the million mile mark. Uh, I got referred to him by some guys on one of the Duramax pages, and I called him up, and he immediately said, you don't need a transmission. It's something electrical because it wouldn't be intermittent if it wasn't. Hard parts are broke or not broke. And uh, I took it over there, and the next day he called me up. He said, yeah, it was just an internal wiring harness. Oh, my it's, God. It, what a difference when you have a, a great shop that isn't just a parts replacer, but, all, but has actual mechanics and people who know how to diagnose you know, the modern vehicle. Because there's so many places you go, they're like, oh, needs a new module. Unplug this one, plug that one back in, whatever it happens to be. And it uh, seems like there's a lot, of, a lot of waste that way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was just really knowledgeable when I talked to him on the phone. Um, he's got my any, any service I need in the future. He's... Uh, He's the, the place I'll take the truck to. And so up to this point, up to 957,000 miles, 808, what services have you done to that truck? Uh, Mechanically-wise, um, the head gaskets I've replaced twice because I didn't put the head studs in it the first time, which I should have. Other than that, I just changed the alternator and AC compressor last year. Uh, they were factory originals. Wow. I, other than that, it's it's just been a solid, solid truck. Now, let, let me ask you this, Gene. So you have a 2011, and that is an LML. Uh, it was the second generation that had DEF and the and a DPF and the whole nine. You got you got the whole ball of wax, all the crappy emissions equipment. How has that been for you? It was terrible, um, up until 100,000 miles. Uh, <laughs> oh, interesting. When the warranty went out, um, actually it wasn't bad. I only had a couple failures up to then, but it was, uh, I was at a around 105,000 and the check engine light came on and I stopped, I was in Missouri, stopped at a dealership and they said, it's going to be $3,000. You got to replace your emission system. What, what part of the emission system, the DPF or the SCR? The actual DPF, the, the filter was, it, it was, it wasn't even in read. They tried to force a regen. And it, it, it wouldn't clean, so they were going to replace that. Uh, they said there were some issues with the, with the actual injector, the DPS, or the fluid, death fluid injector. And uh, it was going to be $3,000, and I found a shop local to there, and they said $1,200, and we'll fix that. Gotcha. Okay, interesting. 
I've always been told that the emissions equipment on these trucks, by law, have to be warranted for 10 years. It sounded like 100,000 miles into it, that would have been within the 10 years. So you could have forced GM to replace it had you wanted to. I could have. I, I actually could have had them replace it at no cost to me. But with what I do, um, I find myself in the middle of nowhere a lot. And, you know, issues like that, I just can't afford. You're talking hundreds of miles to tow it to a, a dealership if something were to happen. And a lot of downtime. <laughs> and is, a lot of downtime. This is wild. Uh, you probably didn't hear the Corey Willis episode that we had a few ago, but Corey was talking. He's a, a, a popular tuner. And uh-huh. he was talking about this, your exact yeah. situation. He was talking about every truck owner who uses it for business who has to make a choice at some point in the truck's lifetime whether to reinvest in that or make basically emissions versus reliability. And the fact that the government has mandated certain things to be on the engine that make it uh, potentially less efficient and less reliable. And then there's people who have run a small business out of their vehicles. And what do you do when you come to the, that crossroads? And we've had that discussion on the show before. Was that a difficult decision to make? Or did you just like, not not do it? It's $1,200, get get rid of it. No, it was it was a difficult decision to make because, you know, it's, it's a big fine um, if someone wants to push it. So I had to, to weigh that out. You know, the money that I could possibly lose in the future uh, with the truck being down, towing costs, repair costs versus, you know, if someone were to say, hey, you know, it's it's not on there. Here's your fine for ten thousand, twelve thousand dollars, whatever it is, or put it back to stock, which is not cheap either. And it, it was a, it was a tough decision, but I I went I feel the better route. I feel it's better for the truck as you know, the mileage kind of proves. And, and you could so, also probably argue that from the life of the truck, even if, you know, if we look at it from a holistic program, maybe the mileage is, or the, the emissions are slightly different. But at the same time, if you have a truck that lasts a million miles, that could be four or five trucks that didn't get purchased or thrown away or whatever. So really keeping something on the road like that might have some advantages as well. I think there could be an argument. Yeah, made it's for not that. sitting in a landfill somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that would be. I mean, that's that's a good point. I feel when I remove that, if I would have left that on there, I don't. I know I wouldn't be anywhere near the mileage I have right now. Um, at some point, the downtime and the cost is gonna force you to, you know, just throw your hands up and buy another truck. Do which think, is hard when it's a do, single guy. Do you operation. think they? want that to happen is it planned obsolescence as they say in the uh, the tech industry I, it, it wouldn't surprise me i don't think you know what's what's the point in selling you can sell one truck and it's on the road for 10 years and a million miles versus selling six trucks in seven years eight I, years i know I, I i don't know i think that's got to be a battle internally in these in the uh, at the oe level where the engineers, like, because we're all prideful, right? You're, you're, you have a lot of pride in, in your business, Holman and his writing, me, well, I don't know what I do, but like, we all have pride in what we do. And I think the, the I engineers, mean, I 
that you don't. I, I've given up on life. And <laughs> you, not, I look back at all the things I haven't accomplished so far. You thrown in the towel? Yeah. I mean, my accomplishments right now are uh, my couch. I have the shape of my body on it. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yes. and so that's that's my major can you accomplishment. See, can you see the butt cheeks, or is it you laying down? No, it's just like uh, you know, like if uh, you know, they have the outline of the body, you mm-hmm. know, on the street or something. It's that uh, on my couch, except it's just a like a sweaty depression uh-huh. in it. Yeah. That's, By the way, sweaty depression is playing the Palladium later tonight. Yeah, but they had to change their name because it, it wasn't uh, sensitive enough. Oh, is that true? Yeah, that's oh, okay, true. it wasn't PC. <laughs> hey, what is that? What does the left hand bolster on your driver's seat looks like? Looks like have, buddy? Or the paint on the driver's door where your elbow rubs against it as you drive down the highway. It's funny. I get asked that the driver's seat. Yeah, it's uh, that bolster's pretty wore out. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's there's no foam showing or anything. It's just it's worn out. It's uh, it's kind of like your couch. It's uh, so it has your depression in it. Me. Yeah, yeah. No so, one else could ever be comfortable in this truck. <laughs> so looping. It's funny. It's just for him. Yeah, right. Looping back to the engineering thing that I was trying to get to is that I think that the engineers truly, because they're prideful, they truly do want that engine that duramax to go a million well, miles yeah, i know but, that the guys at dmx remember, limited there's 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 bean counters that control how much budget goes into that too right, right you have right. x amount of money Absolutely. to make this happen so yeah you know it's it's i don't it's a tough question yeah well listen the people who are designing the engine don't want to have a ball and chain connected to it you know what i mean they don't want limitations have but you seen the, some of the trucks that are out there <laughs> giant truck nuts dragging to the ground how many uh how many miles a year are you averaging right now gene um, it, it varies. It's, uh, anywhere between 110 and 145 ish thousand miles. Dang, I thought I was good around 30 just doing what I do. That's, that's impressive. <laughs> do you have, you know, when you come across other guys in your position, uh, uh, hot shotters, guys driving, you know, uh, 35, 4500s at the fuel stop, I'm sure, you know, the truckers look down on you cause you're taking up a, a space next to them in the, uh, in the, uh, rest area or something, but do you guys have mileage measuring contests? And then do you go to the, the local park like Anchorman and you guys like brawl it <laughs> out? It <laughs> yeah. Does he take? Uh, a, does no, he have a spear? Really. No, not a spear. They use uh, their old DPFs and they wave them around like swords. <laughs> that, yeah, that could be. Not, not really. And you know, I, I, there's a, there's no denying this truck has a lot of miles on it, but it's not as uncommon as you would think in the RV transport industry. There are a lot of trucks out there with a lot of miles, and there's trucks out there with more miles than mine. And it's it's just it comes down to maintenance and doing what they were built to do. Okay, so maintenance. Uh, do you do anything special like synthetic fluids? Do you change your fluids more often? Like, what's your maintenance program that you subscribe to that you think has helped in the longevity oh, of this truck? And and a follow up, uh, genius. How does your maintenance differ from? The other guys on the road, because for example, uh, we had Rene Garza, uh, another hot shotter, just become a friend of the show, and he's like an Amsoil guy. And then I know that there are other guys that just do Castrol. So where are you? I'm curious, and and how does that differ from your uh, the guys at the truck stop? Well, as far as the maintenance schedule, the oil I change the oil about every ten to twelve thousand miles, depending on how heavy I've been towing. Uh, the fuel filter is the, when the Information center tells me that it's down to about 10%. I'll change it then. Uh, trans fluid and filter, spin-on filter for the Allison is every other oil change. As for the type of oil, I use standard mobile Delvac 1300 15W40 oil. Nothing special. Uh, I know a lot of guys that swear by AMS oil and, and synthetics. 
but I have never had an oil-related issue using just dinosaur oil. And are you using like the uh, factory AC Delco uh, filter? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That's the only filters I use on it are AC Delco uh, and Allison spin on for the transmission. Gotcha. Okay. So I think that what that tells you is it's probably more important to uh, change your uh, fluids for those fresh additives than it is to, I guess, synthetics matter if you're going to extend those oil change and fluid change intervals. But if you're doing it often, you could probably save money by doing the regular stuff because it, you just, the key is to keep them fresh. Absolutely. And, you know, I've sent oil samples into Blackstone Labs, and 10 to 12 is just where I'm comfortable. They continue to say oil looks great, you can go further. But 10 to 12,000 miles is, is a comfortable point for me. Now, do you have a shop that does it? And so, you know, Bob's uh, lube and scoot uh, knows you're coming in. And, uh, and that's they take weird. Care of you. I, well, I just registered that domain, bobslubeandscoot.com. Yeah, that's right. But I was just thinking yeah. because, like, the one of the worst things in the world is taking your vehicle for service at the dealership, right? And having to go to the dealership and wait all day. Like, do you have, they're like, oh, Gene's coming. Hey, Hey, Dave, get, get on Gene's truck because he's got to go. Well, it's weird that some people love dealerships because they figure that they're getting all the factory parts. Then other guys hate dealerships because they call them dealerships. So you've got polar opposite views. Well, and I don't even mean with the quality of the place. I just meant from the standpoint of are you taken care of when you go in for service so that you can get back on the road? Because obviously you're a great customer. They're seeing you once a month at least. Right. Yeah, actually, I do all my fluid changes and, and, and maintenance myself. Um, it's just easier. I've been known to do it while I was on the road if the time was up. Um, it's just, I know how I am and I know that it's going to be done right. And I've had some issues with the, uh, Jiffy Lube type places in the past. And so it's just easier for me to do it myself. I think that, I, I get that. So, okay, let's ask about brakes. Uh, obviously a lot of highway. Um, so, you know, you're not getting the, the stop and go, but you're at heavier loads. How long does a set of brakes last? And do you have, what electronic braking do you have? Or mechanical braking? As far as like a... He has a hole in the floorboard. He goes full Flintstone. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. I wear shoes out quite often. But the brakes, I'm actually only on the third set of brakes on this truck. That's impressive. The, uh, it's just the factory brake controller in here. And with the exhaust brake, it, it's... Unless you're coming to a complete stop, you rarely or stop and go traffic. You you rarely really have to use the brakes, the service brakes. It's uh, when you exit, it's just lift off the throttle and and let the exhaust brake do its thing. And as part of your maintenance plan, do you pump the brakes a few times just to make sure the calipers aren't seized from lack of use? <laughs> I actually did have a caliper that uh, the, one of the pistons cracked in it while I was in Washington State. Oh wow! And uh, that was uh, that was. A little hectic when the pedal went to the floor. That's um, scary. Were you towing? Yeah, I was. Uh, oh. And it's a good thing I was because the trailer brakes are what stopped me. Wow. Yeah, that was that was the probably the scariest moment other than high winds going across Wyoming. Take me to that moment. I mean, were you going down a hill and well, he thought you no, oh, but oh, my pedals to the floor. No, but at Whee! that point, do you grab? Do you do you? You've got an e brake that you push to the floor. Or it's not an e-brake, that's a parking, a parking brake. brake. Thank you. <laughs> I absolutely, it, it, I was getting off at an exit. I was coming into Seattle with a trailer, and I was stopping to get fuel. And uh, as I had come off the exit, it was a downhill exit, so I did have to use my brakes there. 
And uh, as I reached for the pedal, it initially grabbed and then just went to the floor. And first reaction is reach over and grab the the gain control on the trailer brakes. And uh, it was a big fifth wheel, so it had good brakes, luckily. And uh, it brought me to a stop, and and I was uh, I pulled up into the uh, the truck stop using the trailer brakes. Damn! So that was pretty white knuckle for a second. It it was it, it was for a second. You got that initial panic for a second. And, you know, and then just muscle memory kind of kicks in uh, from experience. And you just reach down and grab the, the gang control. Gene, as a professional uh, tower, if you will, uh, can you give my man Lightning some tips on uh, loading a trailer? Uh, he once went across a bridge and his front tires lifted off the ground. Why do you have to tell him this? Well, just so he knows who he's talking to. <laughs> Uh, about 10 to 15 percent weight on either your bumper or your your fifth wheel or gooseneck hitch is so where I like it. 40 percent is too much, probably and, yes. And, and when the wheels come off the ground, that's bad. Yeah, that's, uh, that's super yeah, bad. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a bad day. So yeah. when your steer wheels and your braking wheels come off the ground, that's bad. Especially when you're on a bridge. On a bridge. Yes, over bad. a gorge. <laughs> over a gorge. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, yeah just, just hold on at that point. See, what just you have to on. understand is the reason you wanted to know about your white-knuckle experience <laughs> is he's still trying to find somebody that was more scared than him behind <laughs> the wheel when that happened. I wasn't going to say that, but that's a little true. It's a little true. <laughs> Hey, uh, Gene, w- yeah. w- what are you apportioned for and where, and what's the heaviest you've towed? Uh, 26,000 uh, is where I stay. Most of your campers and RVs, you'll never go over that. Um, the heaviest I've pulled was a 24,000-pound mobile suite. It was a big, heavy camper. Uh, it's the heaviest one I've ever towed, and and you knew it was there. I don't care how much power this truck has. You knew that camper was there. It did. It, it struggled. I mean, the Duramax is pretty stout, but it, it didn't. It never struggled. But you know, most of the one I just delivered to Montana, it was twelve thousand pounds. And you know, it's people say it all the time. I didn't even know it was back there. Pulled like I didn't know it was back there. You always know it's back there. Or you should. <laughs> you should. You better. But the truck was is comfortable. It, it it never strained. But when you get up into those twenty four, twenty five thousand pound ranges, it's it's a workout for the truck. Um, you know, according to spec, it's just a little over twenty three thousand or twenty one. I can't remember is what it's actually spec to tow, uh, according to the manufacturer. I'm going to ask you a question. And I don't want mm-hmm. you, I don't want to get you in trouble, but not very many people listen to our show, so there's no worry about this getting out. <laughs> Except for it's the most popular truck show no, pretty much sh- on the planet. Sh- no, we're, we're asking. Oh, 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 sorry. No, no, no. Oh, you're trying to butter I'm them try- up. I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Uh, I know how I am, and if somebody said, mm-hmm. "Hey, take this hundred thousand uh, dollar RV across the country and deliver it to X location," I know at some point I'm going to have to pull into a rest stop to sleep. Have you ever slept in the trailer? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> right answer. <laughs> uh, you know, the customer buys a new camper. If if I were to get into it, get in it, and sleep in it, it's no longer a new camper. But but come on, uh, you've 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 made a hot pocket in the microwave, right? <laughs> or, or you could run the microwave. <laughs> you you've made uh, you fried fish on the uh, 
on the stove. Absolutely. Oh, God. Absolutely. Can you imagine? They, they were none the wiser. They, they get in, there's like fish smell, and there's the splatter all over everything. <laughs> why, why, why is my black tank full? <laughs> is that That's just us, though, right? Oh, uh, yeah. That's why we can't be yeah. professional drivers. There's nothing professional about us. No, that, that, is, Absolutely. that is true. <laughs> I'm curious if you've reached out to GM. Does anyone on the corporate level care that you're about to break a million miles or is it, it, it it's been there done that for for gm you know i i'm i've reached out um because i i think i was at seven hundred and fifty thousand miles and i reached out through to them through social media and uh it was kind of just they gave me a hundred dollar service voucher voucher for an oil change <laughs> uh, oh, it doesn't even no. cover an oil change <laughs> Right, then this truck, it won't cover the oil change at a dealership. But, you know, they've been there and done that. But as far as the LML platform, I'm not sure how many have made it. I know the LBZ platform was a well-documented million-mile truck, but he was also a camper transporter. Uh, but I'm not sure how many LMLs have have reached this point, not to mention on the original CP4 injection pump in these trucks which are notoriously bad so yeah cp3 way better than cp4 so well, no not, not necessarily he still has a cp4 well that's true i think the problem is is that so many guys it's crazy like on the new rams the 2020 especially on the hos guys are driving mm -hmm. them off the dealership and they go right to a shop and they go yeah i want to get a cp3 instead of this four with no problems some, like somewhere they, they just are some like guy, preventative maintenance at some shop somewhere has a gold mine of CP4s yeah. sitting in a crate just yeah. waiting for everybody in about 10 years to need them. I mean, the thing is, they don't all fail. They just, obviously, like, yeah. you know, Gene's didn't fail. All right, so Gene, what what is going to be your threshold for a new truck? Is it is it the transmission? Is it another head gasket? Is it you plan on going 1.5 million miles just because you want to own LML? Or what? What's uh, what's the plan? <laughs> well, I actually, when the first shop called me and told me it was going to need a new transmission and it was going to be around $4,000, $4,500, at that point, I actively started looking for a new truck. Um, I just didn't want to put that kind of money into a truck that's got as many miles as this one does. Uh, lucky for me, the other shop found out it wasn't a transmission. It wasn't a full transmission replacement. I'm, I'm actively looking for a new truck. This truck won't go anywhere. I won't. I won't sell it. I won't trade it in. It will be kind of pushed back to the backup role, but it will reach a million miles before I move it to the backup position. I mean, you're less than six months away at this point, so you you got it. Yeah, you got to see it through. I'd hate to see you it's quit a, at, at this close to the finish line. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a matter of principle now. Uh, I'm this close to it, well, barring any catastrophic failures it will make a million miles gene are you a gm guy are you looking at uh the new l5p either maybe the the silverado the sierra or, or i am i'm looking at the sierra okay and would you get a new truck or would you uh find uh, another one slightly uh slightly used i would probably go with a new truck this time um i was just iffy on the duramax platform uh when i bought this one and I'm I'm a I'm a believer now in in the Duramax platform. I'm I'm not biased towards any one brand. Uh, they're it's kind of like a, it's a tool for guys like me. Sure, and they all so have their things. I'm, they every one of they're all good trucks. 
There, there's not. I don't think any of the three manufacture a bad truck. But my preference, just with the reliability I've had out of this truck, is going to be sticking with the Duramax platform. All right. Um, can I ruin your truck for you by telling you something most people don't know? Oh, no. Don't do this. What me. happens? What, no, no, don't do this. Is that 960? No, I, I, I know where this goes. I know, I know. But wouldn't this be awesome no. if next time he gets in his truck, he's so mad about it that he sells it and he never hits a million? Well, before you before you tell him this, before you tell him this, okay. I, here's what's weird. But he's been sitting in this truck for 110,000 miles a year. I'm sure he already knows. M- maybe. Maybe okay. not. But okay. he could know, and here's why. Okay. Because I reached out to him uh-huh. on, on Messenger because yeah. I found him through Facebook. Yeah. And I go, hey, this is Jay. I go, go by Lightning on the Truck Show podcast. Yeah. It's a, as he goes, yeah, I know, I know the show. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, how do you? Yeah. Oh, so, so he's gonna possible. know. He's gonna know what I'm gonna say. So I'm not gonna actually. So, so I should tell him just to make sure, as a public service, probably not gonna ruin his truck for him. It might. It could. Gene, your your steering wheel's freaking offset. I hope you. I hope you know that. It's to the left a little bit. I, I do know that. And the uh, <laughs> 2020s, it's actually centered. It is centered, and you're welcome for that because I've been hounding GM for years, and when the chief engineer. Um, we had dinner several years ago, and, and they're like, why is it such a big deal? The chief engineer uh, who changed and was in charge of it, uh, we had uh, dinner one night. He goes, just so you know, we fixed your damn steering wheel for you. <laughs> so uh, You know, I didn't even know. I didn't realize it was offset until someone told me. And uh, What's and his name? Holden from the Truck Show podcast. <laughs> it may have been. And, you know, and from that point on, I'm used to it now. It doesn't bother me. But... After they told me, and I got in the truck and realized that, it bothered me terribly <laughs> for, for a little while. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. I have something to play then. We are deeply sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. We're sorry. But, Gene, you have a 2011, which means not only is your freaking steering wheel offset to the center, it's also canted for big fat guys' bellies to climb up in there. So it's like yes, it is. it's like messed up in three di- three dimensions. It's not right. You get used to it. <laughs> Do you have is your uh, is your left arm longer than the other one? Yeah, just, yeah, I believe it is. I, I, I believe so. Since I have to reach across. <laughs> hey, when when you're out on the road, Gene, do you feel like because you're you're taking an informal survey every single day? Are you seeing more Duramaxes? Are you seeing more, uh, you know, Ram Cummins or or the Fords? I feel like when we're out there, Holman and I both feel like it's Ram country. But maybe that's because like the tradesman is an easier one to get into price wise. You know, it, to me, it seems like it's changing. When I first started, it, it was Ram. That that if you weren't a driver, unless you had a Ram, if, if you weren't driving a Ram with the Cummins, you weren't you you weren't a driver. Um, you saw, and then the next were, were Fords, and very few GMs. I would agree with that. Lately, well, within the past couple of years, I've started seeing a lot more of the GMs on the road. Well, let's be honest. Um, Guys like you are looking at the GMCs because you don't like that ugly face on the Chevys. One hundred percent, absolutely. <laughs> it is the ugliest truck on the road. I, you know, I don't know if they're coming around to the the ride. The GMs ride so much better. Their far, their ride is far superior to the other two. And when you're spending this much time on the road and in your truck. You know that's that's a big part of it. You 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 have to be comfortable, uh, and I don't know if guys are just now figuring that out. 
that were in the other trucks, and it's just as capable as the others. What's the range of your uh, of your truck with a trailer on the back? Fuel range? Yeah. Depends on the size of the trailer. We can go from the little tiny R-Pods, which is about 450 miles, to uh, your big 42-foot toy haulers, which is about 250 miles. With that being said, how excited are you for trucks to be electric by uh, 2035? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm torn. Uh, the torque is there on, on the electric. I, I, there's no denying that, and that's the way the industry's going. I'm excited for it. I'm kind of a, a, a tech head anyways, so... You know, I'm excited for it to see what they can do. So, what as would long be? As the range is there. Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay, so if, let's say the range is solved. What's the next biggest hurdle? Is it how fast you can refuel with electric? Is that would that be the thing that could potentially push you into that market? Because a lot of trucks are coming out, and I, I still think that it's it's not necessarily the range for most people, although it is for people who tow for a living stuff. I think it's how fast you fill up. Absolutely. Um, you know, as it is right now, I pull into a truck stop and I'm back on the road in 15 minutes. Or you stop at a truck stop, go on the Truck Show podcast, and two hours later, you still aren't down there. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely um, killed his route, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, if it's two hours, an hour and a half to recharge, even an hour, that's going to put a lot of guys off on it. That's, that's a lot of time lost when you can only drive 11 hours a day. You can work 14, drive 11. So that's going to put a lot of guys off if it's an extended recharge time like that. Hmm. Especially if you have to do it twice in a shift or something like that. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, what is the name of your truck? <laughs> I've never given her a name. Uh, really? She? No. It, it's it's just she. Okay. Um, she's been she's been lots of different names. Sometimes good names. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> But I've never given it a name. It's just a she. Um, my fiance and I, we just we say she. And you can't talk good about it. If you talk good about her, then something inevitably will will happen. <laughs> Usually minor. Uh, so so we say we can never talk good about the truck. Does your fiance? Uh, well, wait. Does your fiance know what you look like, Gene? <laughs> <laughs> Barely. Um, She's a mortgage broker and works from home right now, so and has for the last year. And she loves working from home, but it's uh, you know when she wants to come along, she grabs her laptop and can jump in the truck with me and work on the road. So we have that freedom. I was going to ask, uh, does you know obviously the driver's seat has your shape in it? Does she get the passenger Absolutely. seat and go? Who else has been in here? Or is it fresh? <laughs> is, it, is it brand new? Or is it, yeah, maybe it's brand new. Yeah, yeah, the passenger seat is actually brand new. It's uh, you would never know that this truck had nearly a million miles on it. Looking at the back seat, at the uh, passenger seat, would she be mad if you swapped a uh, seat foam from one side <laughs> to the other? <laughs> she would be very mad. She would be tilted uh, to the center. Actually, <laughs> all right. Well, Gene, let me ask you a silly question. Are are, are you for wait, hire? Wait, we just asked her. We asked all, like all the silly, silly questions. questions. Well, we got no, more. Okay, all right. No, no, go, go, go. I'm, I'm just curious, Gene. Are are is, are you for hire, or are you just locked in via contract to no, to? No, he, he's for hire because he uh, picks up loads and brings them when he's uh, coming back. Well, maybe he's got a he's got a contract with the company. I don't know. I don't know how it works. That's why I'm asking. You him. ship. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you ship. Uh, you know, that's where I actually started. Which was a terrible idea. That's a terrible <laughs> idea for anyone. Um, you know, I, I am for hire because I am considered an independent contractor, so I'm not under contract with them. We, they are one of the largest 
dealers in the country as far as sales volume. So when the virus hit last year, everybody in the country, I believe, decided they wanted to buy a camper. Oh, yeah. And we have been so busy that there are times I can't get a backhaul because I don't have the time. Uh, wow. We've got to get back and, and grab another one. At one point, we had 1,100 units sold waiting to be built. Now, you say, so, who's who's the brand, the we? Uh, the dealer I haul for, uh, Couches RV Nation. I was, you know what? I just pulled them up. I said the uh, largest Ohio RV dealer. Bam! Couches just showed up on and my Google. Is there a predominant brand? Well, I mean, look, we know what the bestseller is based on what Gene's hauling. Well, Forest River and Heartland are probably our two biggest sellers. I do um, see a lot of Forest Rivers. I just did a cross country trip, and there was Forest Rivers all over the place. Yeah, they're probably the biggest seller, um, volume wise. Uh, I prefer a Heartland product myself. We just we've been moving so many that every driver we have is just been run to the ragged edge because everybody decided to buy a camper. Now at some point that's going to fall off, and I guess I'll go to work for the bank taking them back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh wow. yeah, I guess so. He gets it both ends. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen. What's the what's the name of the company, Gene? If you don't uh, mind me asking. SG Transport. SG Transport. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate you carving some time out for us, especially uh, since you probably would have been about, oh, 75 miles down the road if you hadn't talked to us. He, the guy needed a break. Oh, you think this yeah, is his man needed a break? Okay. Yes. It was a welcome break. It's so nice of you to uh, share this time with us from the back uh, of an R-Pod behind your truck. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, I've got the recliner kicked back. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Gene. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Drive All right. safe. Talk to you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Holman, I think that was a pretty good show. Let us know what you think of it. 657-205-6105. 657-205-6105. That's the five-star hotline or truck show podcast at gmail.com. The truck show. The truck show. The truck show. Oh, oh. I thought we had a good mix of stuff on that one. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, that was a that was a solid show. I think if you uh, want to engage with us on the socials, he's at LBC Lighting. I'm at Sean P. Holman, or we are at Truck Show Podcast. And I feel uh, like uh, I've I've stalled out. I can't break uh, I can't break 5,800 uh, on Instagram. I'm, uh, I'm like at 50, 57 I'm and five change. away from four thousand. Come on, people, help me out. Just you, you're Give just, me over the you're hump. You've just grown pretty good, but like, you know why? Because you've got great Jeep content and great like truck reviews and such. Cigars, and guns. I just have random dogs and family. Uh, if and you want to see uh, cars and weird stuff, if you're uh, if you like some of the other things that I like beyond trucks, like uh, cigars and hand bourbon. I was gonna say if you want to see something that might have a six five Creed more, uh-huh. uh, you might want to visit my page uh, if you like uh, knives mm-hmm. uh, if you like uh, family if you like adventures if you like uh, me well, they, oh they have to like <laughs> your family not just family in general no, I just I take lots of weird pictures of other people's families <laughs> and put them on my social <laughs> and then I tell people if you want to like your own family come to my page and then millions of people flock to my page to see if they're one of the photos I've taken 
That's that would be weird. That would be weird. <laughs> that would be great, weird. Great social model, though. Mm, I think. No, I don't like it. You don't it like makes it. Me comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, lots of things make you uncomfortable. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I wish we could talk about the uh, the room down the down no, the hallway here. No, we're we not going to. Right, no, right. no, no. Right, we right. already vetoed that one. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. All right, listen. Uh, we want to thank Nissan, one of our uh, the the sponsor. I, how long has Nissan been with us now? Three years. Uh, going on for their fourth year, I believe. Damn, you guys are awesome. I'm pretty sure there's a fruitcake coming our way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope so. I, I think mean, we've earned it. We've we've got them uh, for another year. Thank you so much. So uh, here's why I'm stoked because we've been through the launch of uh, a couple of Titans. Yeah. We're now we're about to go through the launch of the 2022 uh, Frontier. Yeah. Uh, which I'm super pumped on. And Can't wait to take still, a drive in it. Yeah, they're still hanging out with us. Yeah, it's great. Appreciate so that. really appreciate you guys. If uh, if you're interested in building or pricing a brand new Nissan Titan, a Titan XD or Frontier, go to nissanusa.com. And uh, it's, a, it's obviously it's a great website. Uh, but if you can get down to a, a dealership, do so. It's uh, it, give yourself a pay yourself a treat. Like, yeah. can you pay, pay yourself, yourself a treat? treat? That's no. always a weird. That's uh, a weird one. Weird vernacular. You're I using don't know why there. that just came out of my um, mouth. Either do I. <laughs> it might be the uh, the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least uh, pay yourself <laughs> a, a treat. treat by sitting in a zero gravity seat. How about that? Uh, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, NissanUSA.com, and of course, uh, I need a T-shirt that says local. that. Nissan, pay yourself a treat. You, it's like it's like uh, the Kevin shirt that from the from the old morning show that I used to work on, where he said uh, on the air, "Quitters never give up." <laughs> I'm like, well, no, <laughs> quitters quit. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah, but he, so we made. A shirt out of it that said "Quitters Never Give Up." <laughs> no, I think you can find those shirts, and they're like kind of pricey for the people who know what they are. So. Oh, really? So maybe we—that's what we need to do. We need to—you know—what's sad? Obscure T-shirt that we give people. Oh, it's wait. sad. It's sad that I—I uh, I used a couple of those as car rags. No, yeah, come on! I, I totally did. I—I I uh, placed no value on the "Quitters Never Give Up" shirts. Oh, that's—that's that's sad. Yeah, it is sad. Oh, I'm—I'm I'm, little—I'm uh, a little disappointed. Anyway, so NissanUSA.com to uh, build and price. Uh, your favorite new Nissan pickup truck. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. What happened? On. What'd you do? I'm going to show you something. Oh, no. What have I started? Hold on. He hasn't been, he's, hasn't been this excited all night. He's digging through his backpack right now, which is on the casting couch. Boom! Oh, my God. Look what I bought. Look what I bought. It is a... Uh, LED square. Uh-huh. It looks like it is probably 25 LEDs by 25 LEDs. 32 by 32. Okay. Micros with a suction cup for the window and yep. a 12-volt power cord. That's right. And it goes right to my... Uh, dude, one of our podcast listeners uh, DM'd me on Instagram and said, Hey, check out this ad I found for Emoji Sign or Emoji something or other. And uh, it's a company out of like... The Ukraine creative. Okay, who cares? Yeah, can anyway, you put so, messages on there. So you absolutely can. And I, Is there my an first app that you download that steals all your, your phone? personal yeah, info. Yeah, Emoji Love or something. Yeah, it the steals app. all of your info and sends it off to the Ukraine. It is entirely possible because the app they is now so have your junky, bank account. So junky. Here's the thing. I bought this one for fifty nine dollars. That's okay? a lot for that. Fifty nine dollars. And then I went on Amazon and I found out that I bought the ripoff. Right. The real one is one twelve. Okay, the real one is uh-huh. 112 bucks, I think. So then I go on and I, I shoot them a, a message, the real company, and I go, hey, I, I think I just bought a phony one. Can you confirm here's where I bought it? And they said, uh, we're going to check into it. And then a day went by and said, hey, I'm, I'm interested in buying the real one. Did I screw up? And should I return the one I bought for 59 bucks? 
and no, and they said, oh, we're, we're still looking into it. I'm like, how do you guys not know if, if I bought a fake one or not? And I'm talking to the real company. You and should was, just always assume you bought the fake one. Well, I did. I did, because right. the app is just, just cow I'm crap. telling you, the app is there to steal everything on your phone. Delete I, it immediately. I, I hope not, but- It is. Well, anyway, it, it does work, and I can write, I wrote headlights, and it scrolls across. And I can write, Wait, turn on your taillights, and it, it scrolls Somebody across. can't see that the light on their dash is on, but they can read a scrolling sign of words across a 32 by 32 uh, micro LED It's freaking sideboard. bright. Yeah, this is bright, dude. I mean, it's crazy bright. You understand and, and, what I'm saying? No, no, no. They, what, they what can't saying... see that their headlights are off, but they're going to look at a scrolling sign next to them and read it while they're driving. But uh, see, that's not the dynamic we've talked about. Their DRLs are on and their LED and they're so bright. Do the Lexus SUV that I was next to last night, uh-huh. the da- and I look in his window because I'm uh-huh. right next to him. The dash is all lit up. Right. And his daytime running yeah. lights are on. Yeah. Okay. So what he thinks is his headlights are on because he's seen the glow on the ground, but he doesn't know that his headlights are out and his taillights are out. But he thinks he's gravy. I'm good. And I'm like, dude, and I'm honking at him. He's gravy. Yeah. He's, I'm honking at him and I'm lights on, lights off. And then I get this in the mail. And then he and just now, flips you off. Now, no, they always look at me to, with complete confusion. And I'm, now, I'm, all right, I'm, all right, listen. I don't care about any of this until it's actually proven. I want you, next time you we're shame, gonna, shame someone with that sign, I want you to video it. We're going to do it on the way home. You drove. We're going to do it on the way home. At 12, I'm going to oh plug my. it right in your cigarette lighter, and I've already got a program to say headlights. All right, well, if your uh, headlights aren't on because they're burned out, head over to uh, DuraLastParts.com or AutoZone, uh, where you can uh, check out over 20 different product lines. And by the way, did you know that 83% of professional installers rank Duralast as a high-quality parts brand, and that a proven claim, proven by science, more technicians choose Duralast Parts. Science! We've proven it with science, right? <laughs> And uh, you know what else I programmed no, on my no, little no, no, LED we're going sign? On no, no, I, no, I, I programmed no, no, it to no, say, no, I no. heart Borla. I heart Borla. <laughs> well, no, no, no. What your sign needs to say is, your stock exhaust sucks. Come to the Borla side. <laughs> That's a pretty long message. Well, I mean, it's scrolling, so it could be infinite. So it should say, I heart Borla. Mm-hmm. Your stock exhaust sucks. You need to join the Truck Show podcast by joining the Borla family and putting on a T-304 stainless steel made in the USA catback exhaust in either touring or S-type or attack with a million-mile warranty, Borla.com, on your side. You forgot about polyphonic design. Well, I mean, there's not enough room on the signboard for that. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, you max out at like 700 characters. Well, I think we did it. <laughs> I think we were able to do that. Um, is there a switch for uh, uh, option one, your mm-hmm. headlights, and option two, that thing I just said? I have a feeling not. No. I, I think that the beauty of uh, what we do here at the Truck Show Podcast is the audio. And um, <laughs> mostly because we're in an audio program. So because of that, the real way to understand the magic of uh, Borla exhaust and to understand the polyphonic technology that is um, bestowed on uh, each exhaust manufactured from there is not on a 32 by 32 mini LED sign that (laughs) scrolls. Mm -hmm. It's just this. Hard to beat. Did I mention there's no drone? Borla.com. Guys, I've finally decided to give you five stars after hearing this episode. That's oh, very generous. I, I appreciate that. By the way, we, we, it's not generous, we earned it. Every bit of those five stars, every one of those five stars was earned. 
on a 10-star scale. Well, that actually hurts a little bit. <laughs> it was the audio, wasn't it? Uh, definitely. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. 